Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? gibberish or do you really know what you're talking about well hello and welcome to our latest special where we finally get to take a proper look at those cybermen those pesky old cyber dudes yeah mm, mm. yes uh, and arguably well not i suppose not even arguably the second most famous Second most famous, and and I I've always had it in my head, you know, before video age, before you know the recreations and stuff like yeah. that, and when you're just going on the occasional article and the occasional photo, that they were, you know, as iconic as the uh, as the Daleks, and as big as threatened as the Daleks, and you know, which do you prefer, the Daleks or the Cybermen? And you know, watching these for tonight's show, you know. Um, they are a classic design, but boy, they're not used very well, are they? No, they they tend to be um, bought in to bolster up existing scripts that don't quite make it. Um, it, is, it is weird because yeah, when when certainly when I was growing up, there was a, a dearth because you know there was a huge gap between cyber stories in the seventies right up to the early eighties. And so, in in my sort of formative, you know, mid to late Pertwee, then all of Tom Baker, um, I know I'd only ever seen the Cybermen once. Mm. Um, so, and then obviously when Earthshock came along, it was a huge surprise. But what's really weird is you immediately and the nation immediately went they're Cybermen. Mm. So the design works. Oh, the it is a classic is very, design, isn't yeah, it? Very recognisable. Um, but I think the the Cybermen only really come into their own in the eighties. Um, it yeah, the, it was. I won't say it was a chore doing these ones because I thoroughly enjoyed them. Well, most of them. But yeah, you 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 sort of forget how little they're used in their own stories. Well, they're hardly in it in some yeah. of the stories. I mean, they are the threat, but they sort of like go away. Yeah. Not yeah, to be seen for quite a while, yeah. Yeah. and then they wander back again. Um, mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at each cyber tale one by one, yeah. and I thought what we'll do is we'll stop and that, that that'll be like five mini episodes. So we're going to yeah. talk about them, then we'll stop. We'll we'll have a natter about behind the scenes, um, and then um, do our ratings for yes. each type. Yeah. All right. And I think like I think we're going to go into a fair bit of detail, obviously their inception but then possibly not quite as much detail yeah their, i thought yeah we'll focus on appearances. yeah yeah exactly right i, I think we'll bookend it so yes. we'll, we'll, we'll look at the first one um and because it is the first one and we'll look at the last one in more depth because we've got two other adversaries to discuss and rate haven't we yes, we've got we good old tobias and pakar yeah. uh -huh. i was thinking i think as well because we didn't 
we don't have to do it, and we didn't do it, and you might not have noticed it, but uh, there's also, of course, the Cybermax. I, I was thinking about this. Yeah. Did we? I don't think we rated the Cybermax no, when we did we Tomb of the Cybermen. No, I don't think we did. Um, I don't know. Perhaps we... I don't know. Let's see, let's see how we get on. We might... We might be asleep by the end of this, mightn't we? Well, I was just saying to you when we were in the green room that, uh, um, you know, I started watching these long before Christmas and I wrote loads of notes and I haven't reread them. I'm just hoping I can read my writing to jog, jog my memory about things I was thinking, all right? Yeah. All right, so we'll start off, um, yeah, at the very big beginning. Very good place to start, yeah. don't you know? Um, yeah, with the 10th planet. You must come and live with us. But we cannot live with you. You're, you're different. You've got no feelings. Feelings? I do not understand that word. Emotions, love, pride, hate, fear. Have you no emotions, sir? Come to Mondas and you will have no need of emotions. You will become like us. Like you? We have freedom from disease, protection against heat and cold, true mastery. Do you prefer to die in misery? But look, surely it's possible for us not to lose all its energy. It is inevitable. Then you don't mind if we all die. Why should we mind? Why? Why? Because millions and millions of people are going to suffer and die horribly. We shall not be affected. Don't you think of anything except yourself? We are equipped to survive. We are only interested in survival. Anything else is of no importance. Your death will not affect us. But I can't make you understand. You're condemning us all to die. Have you no heart? No. That is one of the weaknesses that we have removed. Is this true that... Um, this is true, it's the beginning. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there were no Cybermen stories before this. No. Um, is, it, is it true that, oh, you know... Ooh, ooh. bit of controversy there. We'll, mm. have, we'll have to look into that as well. Um, yeah. That, you know, the Cybermen were created because the BBC feared the Daleks would soon be leaving with Uncle Terry and they needed a new, you know, villain of the piece yeah, I think, to match I, the Daleks. I think that the BBC were always on the lookout for the next Dalek or the Dalek replacement because I think they, they, they screwed up so royally in the rights issues with the Daleks because, of course, they they didn't really keep much in the way at all. They had no rights to use them without Terminations' permission and Terminations had all the rights to the merchandise in a very George Lucas sort of way or at least the Ryan Sherman. So I think the BBC were always... They were always on the lookout for something that they could perhaps topple the Daleks. And I think, had they found it, so say say the Quarks sort of grabbed the imagination, I, I think you'd never seen the Daleks again, because I think they would have been quite happy to bin them off. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, I think they always were looking for it. And because you look at things like the war machines and that, they, are, they, you know, they, they wanted them to be the Daleks. They're the new Daleks. Are oh, they not? Um, so I think yeah, there's there's definitely a, an element of of we would like a new adversary that can rival the Daleks, but I'm not entirely sure because there there was no plans initially to to say these are the new recurring villains. Um, they were meant to be one off. Um, they were, but there there was all the all the sort of 
the thoughts, and it was very much the uh, what horrible word the zeitgeist at the time was uh, they just replaced someone's heart, mm. uh, and there were still worries that you know replacing someone's heart means they're not the same person. I mean, weirdly, um, this oh, week, well today, those, <laughs> yeah, today we have a man they, with a pig heart, don't a pig we? Pig heart, yeah. So I'm presuming he he'll end up like Pigsy from Monkey oh, and wanting to eat all the rice. Um, what a weird thing, such a such a bookend sort of thing. Yeah, they've replaced the man's heart with a pig's heart. Um, very strange. Um, but yeah, there was a there was a huge worry about replacement surgery, uh, and they thought that that this was something that would be a good. Uh, a good thing for Doctor Who to do. There was also the the thought behind the scene because this is a very turbulent period of Doctor Who, and it, the thought behind the scenes was we Doctor Who's got a bit silly. Um, the Doctor's become a bit of a, a magician, and we want to go into a bit of hard science. So they brought in uh, Kit Pedler um, as a as sort of a an advisor. He was a consultant or a something. Consultant, yeah. He was meant to look over the the scripts that contain scientific bits and go, yeah, that's possibly feasible, or no, that's barking mad. Um, and in conjunction with Jerry Davis, he, he created the Sidemen based on that. So I think there's there's a whole there's a whole sort of uh, uh, stew of things happening behind the scenes that worked correctly. Because there's also, of course, we've got William Hartnell uh, being forced out, um, lots of trouble behind the scenes. I mean, he's missing in one episode, and although it was it was stated that he was ill, if you read the production diaries, it's blatantly obvious that they pissed him off the week before, mm. and he didn't want to come in and do it. He was and throwing was a strop, last, basically. Yeah, wasn't it was he? his last ditch. I'm going to screw you over before you sack me, type type thing. Uh, the other great. <laughs> sort of myth is that William Hartnell by this stage was almost you know almost useless and couldn't remember his own. he's sparkling in this he is he's great no, he's no worse in this as far as forgetting lines things like that acting having the energy than he was in his first stories it's, it's bollocks that it's like oh, his, his health is going we're doing this for his benefit no, no. He, he was a he was a bit of a chopsy fella and the, the production crew that came on it didn't last five minutes in the end, wanted him gone. So, so yeah, there's a lot going on behind the scenes with this story. Um, it's also, of course, the first uh, Base Under Siege. It most certainly uh, is. story, And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on whether you like Base Under Siege stories, this set the template for almost all of Troughton's time on yeah. the show. Yeah. But the that's, good bits and the bad. Yeah, and and that's the thing you've got to think. When you when you watch the tenth planet, you go, oh, not this again, not this again. But yeah. this was the first. This was fresh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but all, all of the elements are set in this story. The the grumpy, almost antagonistic base commander, the 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 uh, the supporting troops that are all good guys. The small, yeah. It this sets it all. Um, mm-hmm. And it becomes very, very dull very quickly later on. But yeah, you're, this is the first one. This was fresh. This was, and if you look at sort of in in Doctor Who in order, you got the War Machines, which was a breath of fresh air, the point in the way ahead, and this was a breath of fresh air, point in the way ahead. It doesn't feel like it now, 
mm. when you rewatch it now because you're so used to this formula. Um, you're right. You go, oh, this is so cliche. Oh, yes. Oh, but yeah, you, you've got to cut it a lot of slack. Because yeah. It was the first one. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we'll start the st story, and the story starts with two blokes in yeah. Bosk uh, suits. Because that's yes, that's yeah. the Bosk suit, isn't it? Yeah. So, so the, these these two spacesuits were uh, British. Um, pressure suits. They were actually, yes. you know, used for jet flying, um, and they obviously back then stuff like this. When it was decommissioned, it wasn't chucked away. It went into a rental uh, place, and and you know, firms could rent this because it'd been used. Uh, I can't remember if it's slightly previously or slightly after this, but for First Men in the Moon. Of course, it's the uh, the NASA spacesuits. Well, that was '66, um, wasn't it? '66. I think it was '66. Yeah. Um, so roughly the same sort of time. Um, it was used. They were used in um, the wheel in space much later on. We'll get to that one. Um, but yeah, the I think that because there was a lot of there was a lot of sort of theories at the time that it's it's probably the same make of suit things like that. But I think they found paperwork now, haven't they? That this was the actual. It was the yellow Bosque suit. It was mm. the same one, still being rented out, you know, uh, a decade later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some some nice uh, some nice sort of reuses of Doctor Who props in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I'll tell you what's nice as well in that first opening scene is the the black guys in charge, and absolutely yes. no mention is yeah. made of it at yeah. all. V very ahead of its time in that respect. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's none, none of that sort of... Because Star Trek had Uhura and a mixed crew, but by God did they not mention it yeah. every five minutes. Yeah, this um, and Lieutenant yeah. Green in Captain yeah. Scarlet are brilliant. That you, yeah. you, you know, it's never ever addressed at all. No, there's, there's no, um, no heavy-handed uh, comments about it. It's, you know, it, it's, it's great. It's very refreshing. Um, Sadly, not quite the same can be said uh, about the um, uh, mind your language uh, Italian crew. Oh. Hey, mamma mia! This it's it, a Mario. This yeah. is a real oddity because you, you, you know this is harking back to fifties B movies, yes. uh, and yeah. and it, it's quite startling to actually see pinup girls on the wall. Yeah, you know. Well, the, the yeah the, um, the the Italian comedy relief. He's looking through the. The, the periscope. I don't know why they've got a periscope. <laughs> well, I don't know what they normally look at. And he spots Polly, and it's it's very very uh, mm -hmm. dodgy now, isn't it? It's like, hey, it's a beautiful lady. Yeah, a lady. Yeah. A lady. <laughs> um, it's very a lower low. Uh, mm. I'm not. I, I I hate this sort of comic relief character. I don't. I don't think this one's as bad as it sometimes gets. But yeah, the the. The comic relief doesn't quite work. No, it's not too comic, is it? No. What's occurred to me, because, um, what, two days ago we recorded Thinging Character, didn't we? we Childs. Did, yes, like a snowy base as well. Snowy base in Antarctica in 1982. Well, this is set in Antarctica in 1986. So do you think yes. nearby there is still the, the smouldering ruins of Outpost 31? I reckon so. Can you imagine if... Um if uh, Charles had made it to this base. <laughs> uh, yeah, he would have had yeah. a cubby hole, I think. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that would have been fun. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a really nice setting, um, an Arctic base, Antarctic base. Um, I do love the fact that the door is a, is a hatch in the stage. Yes. And it opens vertically. That's not the greatest thing with snowfall, is it? Uh, it's it's not sensible. Yeah, you're going to be trapped within a couple of days because you can't lift the weight of snow. Well, that <laughs> periscope's going to yeah. get covered up yeah, pretty darn yeah. quick as well, isn't it? it? It is, yeah. It's not, not, not the best of ideas, not the best design of base, this one. No, no. Um, and, you know, this rocket is being monitored. Yeah. Down. Zeus, Zeus 7 or something, Zeus something, something like that, yeah. But they spot an extra planet yeah. is nearby, which looks familiar somehow. Yes. Um, and at the same time, the TARDIS has landed, hasn't it? Because you say Polly's yeah. kind of come out. And we see a cyber ship land next to the TARDIS. And the first time we see the Cybermen, it's in this long shot as they arrive to knock down the bloke trying to get into the TARDIS. Yeah, the the, the base commander, Robert Beattie. Uh, Cutler, I want to say. Cutler, because that's General Cutler he is. And I think General Cutler is the name of the general in Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, right. Oh, so that's a complete swipe, time. that is. Yeah. And of course, um, they were really proud. Robert Beattie was a big... Mm big draw of that but you know this was quite a coup um there's a, a, a in the, the doctor who handbook for the first doctor there's a lovely letter that the, the producer sends to william hartnell as a sort of trying to keep stick trying to keep him on board really and saying look who we've got to star with you in the next one if robert beatty and william hartnell writes back and says robert beatty is uh, beatty is a fantastic chap love him well done that's good yeah it was a big thing mm. um and of course we know him from uh from 2001. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, he's great in it, though. I love, I love this character. He's, he's, he's the only overbearing base commander, I think, that works in this respect. Do you think that's because he is the first as well? I think he, so, He's a yeah. good actor, and, written, and he is yeah, the first. Yeah, he's a good actor. It's the first, and it's written for this. Um, and we'll, we'll get to know this character a lot, mm. um, at, you know, because this, this grumpy base commander is used so many times. Are you right, Cat? Cat's jumping down. I think she's bored with general talk yeah. yeah she goes get onto the good 80s ones um, <laughs> it's going to be a bit yeah, it's of a wait. Be a while yeah uh yes yeah, so what was we talking about before the cat yeah no the um the the, the cybermen have arrived they knock oh, yes, down this yeah. bloke and i mean that's episode one over it ends with a yes. close-up of it's their a great cliffhanger yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean we yeah. see a human hand don't we yeah. poking out of the thing and then we see the face with the visible eyes, you can still yes. see the eyes, which is creepy. It's um, very creepy. What What's really weird in the Tenth Planet is um, all the all the studio parks were filmed first, as they, they used to do back in those days. And the cyber suits in the studio on film, amazing. They look great. They 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 work. Like you say, you can see the eyes. Um, when they went to the studio. Not quite so great. No, if they had maintained that, because yeah. that's almost body horror, isn't it? Yeah, Where you have these is, like yeah. soulless eyes staring out of this blank mask, you know? Um, but yeah, unfortunately, well, that happens next because for some yes. reason they put their parkers on, don't they? Yeah, they, they really disguise themselves well by, <laughs> by putting a parker over their massive jug heads um, and, and then go down into the base. I'm, I'm glad we don't really see them trying to get down the ladder. No. We sort of see them at the bottom of it. Or putting their parkers yeah. on. Or putting the parkers on. And no one notices that this isn't the, the people that went out 
yeah. to, to break into the TARDIS, um, despite the fact that they, they're bright silver and they've got um, Parkers about six foot above their heads. Well, you know, if yeah. if it had been like a wheel in space Cyberman, you could kind of like get away yeah, with it, because that's worked, just a wetsuit yeah. with a small plate on the yeah. front. But here, I mean, they've got like a milk crate on their front. They've got a whacking great big bulb on top of their heads and yes, nobody yeah. notices them. No, no one really notices until they they reveal themselves uh, in a in a way that doesn't quite hold the same effect. I think they would go in for. Mm. Um, um, and then we see the cybersuits. And bearing in mind, of course, in the studio when they were doing the filming, it's a single camera. So you position the camera, you can position the light in, you can control everything. Mm-hmm. That's why filming always looks better than studio work. When you get into the studio, it's multi-camera, so the cameras are fixed. They're not moving about off their marks. It's up to the actors to hit it. The lighting is flat, and these suits, unfortunately, they're very, very intricate, very complicated suits, really well made, but once they get to the studio, they're wrecked, so they're held together with sellotape. There's gaps all over them. The lighting doesn't help. Um, and they're filmed at really unflattering flat angles because obviously you can't you can't get under them like you could in the studio to make them look massive. It, so yeah, they're not quite as impressive when we see them in all their glory in episode two. No, but I think I think if we went back in a TARDIS and just went into somebody's living room to watch this, yeah. TVs were tiny with crappy TV reception. Oh, I don't yeah. think you would have seen the sticky back plastic holding no, no, things well, together I and mean, stuff. I even, mean, um, even when it was first released on VHS, obviously pre-Vidfire, it was a, a ropey old um, telecine print. You couldn't see the sellotapes only when it, it was vidfired and went onto DVD and you go, what? Mm. Um, yeah, but I, th- I think the average 60s audience would have been bowled over. And I think they were because these were an instant success. Um, well, th- th- I think this came out in November, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't it um, of that year? I think by February they had already committed, uh, commissioned yeah. a script and everything for a sequel because it yeah, was the, an instant. It was the smash. Or- the, or- the audience um, appreciation figures for this story were really good, and the audience uh, sort of appreciation of the Sidemen was was really good. Um, I don't. You can sort you can sort of see why it's. It's not aged the best out of um, out of early Who, but you can sort of see the the primitive appeal of them, mm. um, and then they open their mouths. Well, that was my uh, next yeah. question for you. Um, what do you think of this? It doesn't work for me. I, it's an interesting it's an interesting concept, and I know they were going for the, the theory was that uh, anything with an artificial voice wouldn't be able to produce the the vowels and that and so it was it would all be mixed up um and i think it's interesting but of course we live in a time when we know that then wasn't the case Mm. um so it it just comes off as a bit comedic it's I, i quite like it it's one of those ones though where you can appreciate it but you probably wouldn't sit and watch it in front of your family no you don't want You're, someone walking yeah, in do you yeah um, Hello, how are you yeah. it works when it works i.e yeah. when the actor remembers to open his yes. mouth just as the <laughs> roy skelton's going to start talking yeah. 
Um, it, yeah, now it is a bit peculiar this up and down business. Yeah. Um, it's interesting as well. You, you're, you're right that so so every time they speak, um, and this worked on the helmets later on, but for this version, so every time they speak, the 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 actor playing the the body of the Cybermen opens his mouth and holds it open until they the sentence is finished and then closes it. And it, it's sort of like you say when they get it right, it, it's like okay, that's an interesting thing. But very often they don't hit it right. Mm. Um, and again, an interest. I think an, a very very interesting uh, experiment. It wouldn't. Have, I don't think it would have carried on much. No, no. I'm I'm, I'm glad they dropped it. Yes. Um, and also, but I, I was going to say. We've got to address this later on in the, you know, the, the, the time periods for all these stories. Yes. All right. If this was, if every time we encountered them, it was chronologi chronologically correct, yep. then there's an evolution to the Cybermen. But yep. unfortunately, a story we're going to talk about later kind of like contradicts everything. Um, but uh, I don't mind them as this early rudimentary Cybermen, this very basic version no, no, from no, Mondas. I, I like this. I like this design. Um, there's a great uh, Mike McMahon comic strip. Yes. Of the Demon, with uh, the big in, with the big yeah. boots and the really long legs. <clears throat> and they put the they put the Mondasian cyber head and chest unit onto a a Talosian body. Oh my god, it works well. It certainly does. Yeah. It's oh, that's a classic. Yeah. I think that's possibly... Yeah, I'll go out of it. I'll say that's my favourite Doctor Who strip ever. Yeah. I love Mike McMahon's, Mike McMahon's work. Yeah. No, um, no, no, that's really good. But I'll tell you what, another Doctor Who strip that I really rate is uh, Steve Dillon when he did the uh, Cyberman with a Soul. Do you remember that that's one? That's true, yes. Um, Croton. Yeah, I think was it was... It Croton? Croton, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Something yeah. to tell us. Yeah, that was really good. Um, Sideman with a soul. I'd love to have seen stories like that on Doctor Who. Because mm. the Sidemen, you're right, it's body horror. There's so many ways you could go with that. And yet they always used it in the most basic enemy thug yes. way. But yeah, can you imagine a story where a Sideman discovers his emotions again? Yeah, he hasn't been oh, quite processed yeah. enough. Yeah. Brilliant. And he remembers so, his family or something like that. Yeah, and, and goes on the look and he's sympathetic, but the doctor immediately goes against him. Yeah, it, I, I think there's so much they could do with it and they never have. It's such a wasted concept, really. Well, maybe um, one day they might. Yeah, one day. I'm sure there's, uh, there's fan fiction and Big Finish have probably used the Cybermen in a much better way. But you're saying about evolution, of course, that's the other thing that's fascinating with Cybermen. It's not, not the evolution in the program, because it doesn't work, but the evolution of outside technology impacting yes. on what the Cybermen look like, um, which is great. And I, Because we rarely get a couple, two stories in a row with the Cybermen having the same design. We're sort of used to it in the, in, when we get in the 80s and 90s, we sort of... 80s and 90s, no, it finished in the 90s, didn't it? Uh, in the 80s, we got used to it. Yeah. Um, the same men always looking the same and always being played by the same actors. Uh, but, yeah, when we get to the moon base, it must have been quite a shock for audiences to go, what, who are these, what? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't long afterwards. Yeah, right, the balaclavas. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, they, they, I think in this story, 
also the concept really helps them because this is about the only one that does delve into that they haven't got emotions and these are not really villains in this story because they're quite happy to go these people in the base everyone else on earth is going to die but we can save some of you yeah. you're going to be turned into you'll be like us yeah yeah they they don't understand and of course hartnell gets that absolutely brilliant um condemnation of them because they've got no emotion oh, it's, it's it's really well done um but that's it's about the last character development you get with the Cybermen for quite a while yes yeah yeah agree agree yeah and as you say, they're there because their planet is uh, the energy yeah. is exhausted. And now, now, now this is the planet Mondas, yeah, the pl the twin planet yes. of Mondas, which aeons ago drifted away, yep. somehow. But well, now you it, take your eye off something. Yeah, I suppose. But now it's drifted back because its yes. energy is exhausted. So basically, they want Earth, yeah. don't they? Yeah, they they want to steal the. It's, it's a little bit confused at the end. They want to steal the energy from Earth, hmm. but they steal it too fast. Um, the Doctor doesn't really do much because he—it's brilliant because he sort of—he writes a note to the scientists at the base, basically predicting what they're going to see. They're going to see Mondas now, but then obviously because Hartnell, you know, went away for an episode, they didn't really do much with the original idea that the Doctor would. It's, it, I suppose it's probably the first story as well another groundbreaker where the doctor has foreknowledge yes. of what's going to happen because he goes you're going to get visits soon um it's great it's great stuff but yeah they don't really do much with that because obviously you know circumstances changed um but yeah they, they, the the men then they've not it's not like they've even come to earth to steal the power really is it it's, you, you get the feeling mondas was just on its elliptical orbit back yes and this is a natural happening, um, but yeah, they uh, they they leave the the battery charger on too long, and uh, Mum does go pop pop. It does go pop pop, yeah. um, and and you, you you know before we get to that pop pop, I mean th this is a four episode story. Not much happens in episode two. Um, yeah. um, we get Ben turning into a projectionist, and he manages to blind one yeah. with a we projector. Had, we had, uh, we, had, we felt a little bit for that, didn't we? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shame he didn't lay something up. But, uh, you know, and he defeats it by shooting it with the wep his weapon. Yeah. Now, now, of course, not only do the Cybermen evolve over time, but their weaponry does. Yes. Um, and here we've got this bloody great lampshade it's thing. It's like an accordion, isn't it? It's <laughs> it like is. You could busk with that. Um, I quite like this big old boxy weapon but they hang it off their uh, genital area yeah they, um, there were clips either side yes. that you could just latch it on yeah um yeah the weaponry does does change rapidly um also of course they so the weird thing about so men they they also evolve in is their weakness yeah so in this one it's sort of a, a vaguely sensible radiation you know no one really uh, really understood radiation particularly well they knew it was dangerous so of course the Cybermen can be killed by radiation uh, in this one um, which I'm okay with that mm -hmm. of all the Cybermen weaknesses that seems a good one <coughs> it gets a bit silly later on um, but uh, yeah so so you know they, they kill them with uh, reactor rods and things and, mm -hmm. yeah it's a, a fair bit of cyber death 
There is, there is. It's a bit of a shame that, you know, the fourth episode is animated because I'd like to have seen Polly in the cyber ship because she's put in the cyber ship, isn't isn't she? Yeah, they, um, of of, of all the episodes, I mean, we could have happily lost episode two or three. Well, three, um, Three I I timed it. The cyber reinforcements don't arrive until 14 minutes in and then they're immediately shot. Yeah, they're gone. Um, yeah, I think if, if we could have lost episode three and saved episode four, and of course the, the, the people to blame for this are Blue Peter bastards, because um, <laughs> they 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 borrowed episode four to to get a clip of the regeneration, and everyone goes, oh well, that means the regeneration survived. But yeah, they lost the rest of the episode. Yeah. They just cut the bit out yeah. that they needed. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to. This is. I'm trying to think, is there any other William Hartman that I'd like to see above this? Probably not. I'd love to if this was found. Um, because, yeah, the, the animation doesn't quite... No, I want to, I want to see how they um, portray, um, you know, that there's Cybermen landing all over the world. Yeah. What did we see very, to convey very that? Very modestly, I imagine. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like the invasion, isn't it, when basically yeah. it's eight. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, Mondas breaks up, as, as yeah. you say, and the Cybermen deflate for some reason. Yes, yeah, they they, 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 they get I don't all know that. quite why they do it. I, it's quite a nice. I've said you, there's a, there's a still of it because obviously there was telly snaps done of this one. There's a still of it, man, uh, and it's quite creepy. But I don't know why their bodies dissolve. Somebody no said that they get their power from Mondas. Yeah, but when I unplug my fridge, it doesn't melt. It doesn't melt you either. No, it's yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. It's a nice effect, but I think it was more a case of because again, they, this was the end of Cybermen. They had no intentions of bringing these buggers back. No, they had no idea that no. what a smash it was going to be. No, definitely not. Hmm. All right, so that's the very first tale over and done with. So, yes. um, as is usual, cracker. It's a yeah, cracker. It is a cracker. Um, um, Earth date wise, this is 1986. Yeah. All right, they're in Antarctica um, in 1986. So this is the, the same time that uh, Colin was. Uh, well, about. we have the year before. We have Colin and the second Doctor in Seville for the yeah. two Doctors, plus Colin, yeah, in London for Attack of the Cybermen because yeah. that is that 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 actually actually was quite good, wasn't it? They were talking about Mondas yeah, is imminent. Been, it's going to be coming. Because in the in the the novelisation. They they retconned it to try and push it ahead, so I th- I think it was set in '96 or it might it might have been the year 2001 or something, um, and it really it's it's, a, it's an absolute the, the the book is not the greatest and it's an absolute mare because you have like when when Ben's doing the projection work he's showing um, I think the man with the golden gun or one of the early Roger Moore Bonds. And it's like, hang on, Ben's from '66. Yes, how does how this does work? he know? How does he know Roger Moore was Bond? Um, unless, of course, they visited the '70s in an adventure we didn't see. Mm-hmm. He decided to pop to the cinema and went, "Gosh, Sean Connery's let himself go." <laughs> um, yeah, so the novelization's a bit of a mess, but I'm I'm glad that in Attack of the Cybermen they kept it as '86. Yeah, because there's there's this weird sort of this weird desire on fans and production teams to to have it accurate to what 
is happening in the real world. And of course it's not. It's its own... It's its own little universe, isn't it? Otherwise we would have gone to Mars in 1971. I mean, yeah, it's its own universe. You've just got to allow for it. Yeah, we need the 13th Doctor or the 14th Doctor to look up on the moon and say, you know, it's set in 1980. That's an egg, you know, up there. Yeah, it's an egg. It's a big old egg. Mm. Mothra would be... All right, okay, so uh, behind the scenes on this, uh, the original script, this is the description in the original script of the Cybermen. It says, tall, slim, with one-piece, close-fitting silver mesh uniforms. Their faces and hands are normal, but under the hair of the head is a long, shining metal plate. This could be disguised by a hat. (laughs) Yeah, that's, no need for Parkers then, just put a hat on. On the front of their trunks is a mechanical computer unit consisting of switches, two rows... When you say their trunks, do you mean their body trunk or their wearing swimming trunks? I'm assuming body trunks. But body, yeah, yeah, not, no, not, not, it's not groinal. No, but, ah, but there is something groinal in a minute, okay? Right, on the front of their trunks is a mechanical computer unit consisting of switches, two rows of lights and a short, movable prospiscus. Oh, right. So if if it is on their Thank trunk, I reckon that was down yeah. near the bottom, that, that proboscis, yeah. don't you think? That down towards Side the wing. groin. Yeah. They carry exotic sidearms. At their elbow joints and shoulders, there are small ram-like cylinders over the joints. Oh, that's interesting. We do get that later on. Yes, we do. Yeah. And we also get like ping pong ball type things we as get well. Practice right? golf balls, yeah. That's what they are, yes. Um, seven costumes were made. But only three were fully practical, the other four being more roughly finished. And I think, yeah, when you see the sellotape, that's most probably one of the four. Yeah. Um, did you know the three main Cybermen in this story actually had names? Yeah, the Krang. No, Krail, but Krail. good guess. Um, I can't remember the others. But yeah, they, they, they had names. They, I can't remember whether they mentioned it in the programme or not, but certainly in the book they've got names. Hmm. Yeah, well, that they Dennis were Krail. No, it wasn't Dennis or Vance. It was Krail, Talon, and oh, Shav. My brother's cat is called Talon. Talon. Is it a yeah. cyber cat? Yeah, not really. He hasn't got a little metal plate under his hair. He's got he's got a little plate, but he has his food off. Of it. Oh, I see. Um, ta- uh, what was the other one? Shiv. Shav. 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 Yeah. Hmm. Sounds very close to like Shaz, don't it? You can't have Cybermen yes, with names. Cybermen. That's yeah. like no, having Daleks totally with work. names. No, it, no, it won't work. Uh, their main creator was Sandra Reed, uh, who worked really closely in conjunction with the director and designer. The Propiscus was dropped due to lack of money. All right. And the masks and suits were made from cotton jersey fabric by a freelance seamstress in Islington. All right. The boots are painted, silver-painted wellies. The hands were meant to have gloves, but Susan forgot them. And they went to actually do the filming, and it's like, where are the gloves? And it's like, uh... And and apparently they painted the hands silver. Well, that's black and white, so you don't really see it, do you? Hmm. Um, That's, uh, I think that's a a lucky happenstance, isn't it? Because that works really well that they've got human hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got my little Doctor Who book here. I'll just open it out the page. This is a quote from which of effects pod is this? Reese Johns, right? He says, um, the Cybermen were a, a collaboration between costume and visual effects departments. Costumes, co- sorry, I can't see very well. 
costume made the fabric and plastic bodysuit. We made the earmuff helmets and a contractor provided the chess units. I can't be sure who worked on the project with me, possibly John Freelander and Michael John Harris, but I certainly made some of the Cybermen helmets. They were made from a metal skull cap connected to a working car headlamp. That would have been bloody heavy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, the metal tubing which ran down from the lamp to the actor's ears was in flat plastic drain pipe painted silver. Although we didn't build them, we did we did do some work on the chest units, wiring up the batteries and switches to operate the headlamp. All right. And yeah, apparently yeah. that chest unit was really heavy because they were like car batteries they were yeah. using. You know, so. Oh, the headlamps. Whereas, I mean, that, that's one of the reasons when they came back they redesigned them because these suits, by all accounts, were incredibly uncomfortable, borderline dangerous. Because <laughs> um, also, the, um, I, I think it was a late addition, but over the the grey jersey to make it a bit more spacey they they put um plastic like you know uh, pvc plastic so it must imagine the sweat pouring off these poor sods yeah yeah there's a love there is a lovely uh behind the scenes still because obviously they kept falling over and when they fell over they couldn't get up so there's a lovely (laughs) shot of one of them trying to be helped up by um i'm presuming the costume designer lady and a couple of others uh, yeah it's, it, I know why they changed them. They're not um, very practical yeah. are they? No mm. not at all No. Alright. Um, also I, I love my favourite thing in this entire story is the fact that Cybermen can't say cybernetics I hadn't noticed he, that Yeah he, he says cybernetics you're a cybernetic oh. control and it's like oh you poor Sarge you can't even say your own name Or is that just Ron Skelton not knowing how, it could be, yeah, how, yeah. how to say it yeah. You bungled it, didn't you? Oh, that's not bad. I wish I'd thought of that. All right, so these first-generation yes. Cybermen... Um, yeah, design... how, how are we scoring it? Are we just doing the design? Cause yeah, I, just I've, sort of, I've, I've sort of done the voice separately, because... Oh, voices see, I've, I've combined, you know... Oh, well, okay. no, 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 the voice is part of the effectiveness, isn't it? But that's if you true. were to just look at a still of, of the 10th yeah. uh, Planet Cybermen, what would you give it out of 10? I really like this design. Um, I it's always been one of my ones that I really like. As a, you see a still picture, or like say in a comic strip, oh, it, it's great. I love it. So for me, the design really good, well ahead of its time. It gets an eight for me. All right. Well, I agree everything you said, but I'm more generous. I gave right. it a, a nine. All right. So that, generous, that's eight and a half. No, I, I think it's a fabulous. Yeah design yeah you know but I, I agree with you I don't think they should have kept it for for further yeah. ones because it would have got just got tattier and tattier you know well they the, the sellotape budget would have run out yes it? there is that cheap, yeah all right so uh, now the effectiveness though then when you do hear them and you have their mouths yeah, opening so and <laughs> as a design or a still image they look great when they're moving about they're just incredibly clumsy um, because again, these costumes have been designed to look great, not to be worn, um, and then couple that with the, the voice just not working, the open mouth weirdness, um, the fact that a couple of them, their uh, head stockings, the eye holes have moved, and so their eyes are well off. Or their heads uh, moved, and the mask has stayed. Yeah, put. the mask has stayed still. Uh, so for me, the effectiveness goes down to a six. A six. All right. Yeah. I, I dropped down to a seven. All right, so that is six and a half. 
All right, let me just get my calculator. So that's an adversary rating of seven and a half. All right, adversary seven and a half. I've got to write all this down yes. and then put it in the right place. So they are in a caravan, of course. I need to write it down for my uh, spreadsheet as well. All right. So, Excellent. first Cyberman in the caravan park at number seven and a half is sharing it with uh, the, it says Raiders Gelf. Oh, that's the Gelf, the, oh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, the flying the, ghosty the one. Thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Morgane. Oh, um, oh right. Morgan Le Fay. Oh, Gene, Gene Marsh, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that, those Cybermen are sharing with some ghosty things and a witch, basically. I think they'll be happy. Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah. All I'm right. Not well, fit through the door, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, those doorways on a caravan yeah. can be quite small. They've got no one to use the chemical loo either, have they? Do they go to loo? Well, that's a, good, that's a good question. Do do Cybermen body, body uh, waste? Do wee wee and people? I don't know. I imagine it's um, it'll be like a still suit, and it the the feces will be uh, processed on the thigh pads. Yeah, maybe. Um, Ah, uh, what does a Cyberman smell like? Answers on Facebook, please, yeah. folks. Yes. In, yeah. in real life, probably cheap tin tobacco. <laughs> no, the guys that would play it. Yeah. You don't get that smell now, do you? That, you we don't get, get like, much yeah. in the way of ready rub anymore, do no, we? No, no. Strange. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, yeah, we've got to go forward to the following year. Yep. And, uh, new, and and we yeah, visit new, the moon base. doctor. New Cybermen. I shall come to Tinder. If you still stupidly remain silent, we shall fire. What? Henry, they've got another weapon. They're going to. Yes, I know. There it is. Everybody take cover. Get down, all of you. Doctor! Is the Gravitron still switched on? Yes. Then I shall certainly stay here. Yeah, the moon base. This um, this story was always. I mean, not quite as much as Tomb of Cybermen, but this one. This one existed. I think one of the episodes existed. They found another one later on. But certainly, when when I was uh, a wee young Nipper fan, this this story was talked about in hushed tones as being as being like so amazing, so scary, so so great. Um, I'm not sure it lives up to the hype. <laughs> Do you remember your uh, feelings on it when you finally got to see it? Yeah, because you so would have I, had the target novelisation, wouldn't you? Yeah, I love, I loved it. So the the target novelisation was one of the first. It was the first Cyberman one done, and it was one. Of, I think it was the fourth or fifth book written. Um, it and it's called Doctor and the Cybermen. Um, it's bloody brilliant. The book is just amazing. It was, um, I think, it was the Terence Sticks one, and it. Yeah. I don't know, whoever wrote it, it might have been Jerry Davis wrote it, but it was back when they were treating the, these as proper novels, mm -hmm. so it's it's super fleshed out, it's really well written, it is scary, so I, I read that and read that and read that, and it was the first Troughton story I've read and I didn't know what this Doctor was and yeah, it was superb, and then um, the Doctor Who Decided in the Early Years came out remember the VHS mm -hmm. uh, and it had the orphaned episodes on and it was like, oh, 
Because um, it has to be said, this is a boring story. I I I I was thinking this was going to be the most boring, but I'd never seen oh, we, no, we, no. we've in space uh, <laughs> yeah. before doing the research. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's a slog. It's, yeah, it is a slog. It's got bits I like, so it's nice that that we we we've got another international crew. Um, it but. Unfortunately, most of them are in the same. I am the Frenchman, the outrageous fool type accents, and it's um the the main Frenchman is uh, Clouseau's. He's Clouseau's uh, guy, yeah. Lieutenant, yeah, that, which is just off putting, yeah, off putting. Now, um, you've got a Yorkshire base commander, um, who they've again this they've gone with the exact same. I mean, it's almost the exact same um, script as Tenth Planet, been tweaked. So you've got the grumpy antagonistic base commander but it doesn't really fit here because he's got no real reason to be so antagonistic so it, it does it, it, it doesn't quite work in the way that Cutler worked because Cutler and Hartnell you could tell oh, these total character mismatch but Troughton's such a lovable little scamp when um, I can't even remember what the base commander Hobson when Hobson is having a go at him it's, it's like someone Eating a kitten. Mm. So leave him alone. He's lovely. Um, <laughs> but there are some great bits in this. There's like the, um, you know, the, the Polly and uh, Ben and Jamie get to attack a sideman with acetate, uh, acetone. Um, the whole sort of disease thing is great. Um, but then it's coupled with Barmy. This this is what I don't understand. They bought on Kit Peddler to to look over the scientific accuracy. And this is like play school levels of accuracy. Like the fact that the Cybermen bung up a hole to a vacuum with yeah. with potato sacks. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it doesn't work as a, as a story. It doesn't hold together. Read the book. The book is great. The book works. This, yeah, this yeah. doesn't know, does it? No. Um, um, can I just say this is 2070, so yes. they are now on the the second moon, aren't they? Yeah, they're on the egg. They're on the, the replacement the, egg. Yes. Laid by the moon butterfly. What yes. the hell are we talking? This is fucking mad. So that was 21 years before. So yes. so, so since the moment with, when the butterfly flew away after shutting out they a new egg. They built an entire moon base with weather control. Yeah, the gravitron, um, isn't gravitron. it? Gravitron. This is um, another another huge concern in the sixties um, that never panned out was they everyone in science fiction thought we'd have effective weather control mm. by the early seventies. Nah. If they have, then the settings are all wrong for Britain, aren't they? Yes, it's got yeah. stuck on the rain, and no one's got WD forty to free it. Something has ballsed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're on the moon base that has a gravitron, and the gravitron controls the tidal patterns on earth which somehow then controls the weather um, and has to be constantly played over the planet um, even though it can, presumably can only hit one side of the earth at any one point yeah it can only do the side yeah. that yeah so what's happening on the other side of the planet I don't know just tidal waves and things I suppose yeah um, I don't know they don't quite other than weather control they don't quite say why they got this because at, at one point uh, so the, the Cybermen have got a very convoluted plan. As, as cyber plans are convoluted, so 
their plan is to is to um, basically derail the weather control because this will destabilize the earth. But no one ever says, let's just turn it off. Yeah. Why? Why all this business of? Yeah. Because that 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 they're sneaking around, aren't they? As you say, they move the potato yeah. sacks out out the way, come into the base, take someone away, and they're poisoning the sugar. Yeah. What an elaborate plan. Well, I, I don't really, I don't understand because later on, there, there's a big worry that once the side men are in the base, they can just shoot everyone and take it over. Why didn't they do that initially? That's what I'm saying. Just just yeah. blow it up. Yeah. You know, have one of your spaceships blow it leave up. Leave the door open. You don't even have to like blow it up. Just leave the door open. Everyone will suffocate. Um, but yeah, so the side men have cut a hole into the side of the base without anyone noticing into the storeroom, then blocks it up with old sugar sacks, then poison the sugar in it with a, uh, a, a poison that works like a disease, so the, the humans think that they've got a disease on board, then go and hide in the infirmary under a, uh, under a blanket. A blanket. <laughs> yeah. uh, cunning. Oh, cunning. Um, and then they're waiting for the random people to eat the poison sugar, get ill, so that Earth will cut off communications because they think there's a, a virus outbreak. So that then lets them take over the Gravitron so that they can disrupt Earth's weather so that they can then take over Earth. For, for beings that are always described as working with logic only, they're not very logical. Are they're they? not. Yep, you missed out one point, which is they're working on the presumption that everybody has sugar in their coffee. Yes. Yeah. I don't. It wouldn't work on me, would it? No. Would you be the last man standing? Yeah? I would. I'll be there with my gravitron in my hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and why not? Po- if that if that is their plan, why not poison everything? Hmm. If they're to poison the tea bags. That's the British contingent gone. Yes. Poison the baguettes. That's your that, French. That's the way. French guy gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The pasta yeah, for the Italian easy. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this this it is quite a radical redesign. This, yes. this this new Cyberman that we see. You know, well, everything is different apart from the chest unit is and and I, I think that's no, about the it. The chest isn't unit it? is completely different. As yeah, well. but no, no. Um, but the fact yeah. that it, he has got a well, chest, they, they've they still got, got, a chest got unit. yeah, they've still got the handles. The ear handle. Yeah, and they have got a light um, still on the top of their head. Yes, they? they've got a small light built in. So, but they've now gone from a cloth, a cloth mask to fiberglass helmet, um, which is again, it's, it, if you look at it, everything's been simplified so that it's wearable and mm-hmm. easier to do and cheaper. Um, and it, I think, it, it it's worked because the, uh, these cyber helmets are great. I love these cyber helmets. Um, the body suits. At this point, because they're brand new, they look great. I'm not sure about the fingers. What, the three it, fingers? Yeah, the three fingers that are just, you know, cloth yeah. sewn up with points. It's a bit muppety. Yeah, I'm um, looking at a photo of them right yeah. now and those hands, and it's like, ooh, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, they've, they've ditched the wellies and gone over to uh, uh, ex-military army surplus lace-up boots, but sprayed silver. I, I wanted to see one of those sidemen with his pointy fingers trying to do his laces up. That's a good point. He does their laces up. Yeah, that would have been the end of the cyber plan. Um, Um, These things, right, at their joints and at their wrists, as you say, practice golf balls. Have you any idea why I would have had them in my old junior school? Because I'm sure we we had had boxes of them. But why why would we have them then? I think they're just cheap. We used to use them at our school. We used them um, because we couldn't afford shuttlecocks. 
so we would use them for badminton or cricket because oh, okay. it's safe. Um, but yeah, we had there was tons of them. We had tons at home as well. Um, used to get like uh, beach sets of them, sets mm. of beach balls and that. Um, not beach balls, but beach booling, B-O-U-L-E-S. Um, and they had these things in, and yeah, they were so ubiquitous. Everyone knew, and that that's what doesn't work, isn't it? Because you look and go, oh, I stopped them. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, practice golf balls and um, vacuum cleaner hoses. Yes, yeah, I'm looking at the photo yeah. now. Yeah, but I mean the change is is quite different, isn't it? But somehow Polly recognises them as Cybermen for some reason. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how she did because these guys, uh, if, if you if you had someone that didn't know Doctor Who, never seen it, and you showed them the two pictures, they would not go as the same creatures. Mm. Um, yeah, their guns have changed completely. They've now got like rod guns with a handle on that sticks through the bottom of their chest unit. The chest unit's um, much reduced. Mm. Um, the, the the face, so the mouths have now got a slit for a, a mouth, and the the actor opens the slot while they're speaking and close it. That's much more successful than the yes the cloth faces. The the, the voices are completely different. I can understand it. If it had said something in it, it used a sing-song voice. I can understand Polly going, oh, hang on, I've heard that before. Mm. But, yeah, it's a bit of a leap. Yeah, another leap is we also find out that everybody, everybody knows about the Cybermen yes. from history. So I'm guessing, you know, back in 1986 when we had the uh, escapades in Antarctica, that wasn't kept as a uh, closely guarded secret... No, everyone knew about it. Because Hobson says, uh, everyone knows there were Cybermen. They died out years ago. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't a secret. It, it's just a historical event. Cybermen inv- tried to invade the planet and came a cropper. Hmm. Um, now, if you were, say, little Ian, right? Yeah. Say you were about eight years old, and the year before, when you were seven-year-old Ian, you had seen, you know, the Cybermen, right? Yeah. And now you watch this... Crucially, this this story is called the Moon Base. Um, so there's nothing to tip off that there there's going to be Cybermen in this story until Jamie thinks the Phantom Piper has come for him, and that's when we get the first proper view of him. Do you think the little eight year old Ian would have gone, "That's a Cyberman"? Do you know what I? I might because later later on, um, when when was uh, when was Earthshock eighty two? I would have been 14. So 14-year-old me uh, saw those Cybermen and recognised them. They're Cybermen. Um, so I don't know, perhaps I might have done. Mm. I, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd love to know if anyone did see this live and is listening, did you recognise them as Cybermen? Mm. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're, no. they're, it's the most radical redesign, isn't it, between it's a huge leap, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, this, this story is a bit of a plod. You know, they're just skulking around, hiding yeah. under blankets and in holes and things like that. But there are a couple of really good moments um, in it. And one of them is when Polly is talking to Jamie and she just turns around and there's just a Cyberman standing there. And yeah. it's just silence. You get no jarring music. Polly doesn't even scream. 
she sort of like backs away and it's all done in silence and then he zaps her with this electricity yeah. from his fingertips and I think that's terrifically done yeah there's there are some good good touches in this story it's just they're few and far between um, like I mean we get Troughton's wonderful speech about fighting evil um, all, all of his stuff where he's um, you know taking people's shoes off and that's all great um, it's just that it there's a lot of tedium. Yeah, you've got to wait a while before you get one yeah. of those moments, haven't you? I, I yeah. like the scene where the Doctor says, did you search in here? That's quite yeah. creepy when they're looking around. Unfortunately, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's under a blanket. Yeah, because you see, it's like, is anyone else on the base got size 12 feet? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's a bit obvious. And also, I, I love it when the sidemen tries to whip the blanket off. It don't quite work. No, don't, no. don't quite come off cleanly. It's um, redone for the for the next episode, yes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They obviously thought, oh, that didn't work. And also the way that the Cyberman takes his gun out with a flourish. It's like, ah. yeah. it's like, oh dear. It's yeah, a cowboy Cyberman. Yeah. Um, yeah, if he'd and the, have found it, it might have been Paul Yeah, Avon as the Cyberman, yeah. Um, and uh, the first words we get from this new style Cyberman is stand back. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this new voice now? Uh I like it, so they've gone over to, I think it's called a vocator or something, isn't it? Um, it ba yeah, basically, it's it's like um, like they're using Mad Max for Charlie, isn't it? It's the old uh, vibration throat mic thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I think it's a, it's a step up. Sometimes it's a bit unintelligible, but on the whole, I think it's a much better voice. It is, and they're quite chatty, thing. aren't they, as well? Yeah. Idiots, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way he, uh, at some one point he goes clever, clever, yeah. clever. He goes. Um, so, yeah. What I don't understand is they they seem to recognise the Doctor, right? Yes. But the Doctor's regenerated. So how does that work? Well, we don't know that there might have been a an adventure between these. Another ones. story. Perhaps perhaps that's where Polly recognised them from. And that's why she knows the Cybermen. It might have been a, an untold story. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Cybermen seem to always recognise Troughton, don't they? Yes. I mean, like, in what, I think, is it two, whatever they say, we know you from Planet 14. See, he, he really is, you know, the, the Cyberman Doctor. Yes. You, you know, at least from Classic Who. And I think it would have been quite nice if we didn't have any more... Cybermen stories, and he stayed a, a, a Patrick Troughton villain, much like the yeah, Zabi like with, with, yetis, yeah. with, with William Hartnell. Yeah, yeah, like the Yetis. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, they're going to use the graviton to destroy all life. Um, yeah. They don't know what revenge is, uh, but they have heard of feelings. Well, from this point on, this reputation that the Cybermen get of not having emotions, they display emotions all over the place, don't they? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think they're having everyone on. They know they're having a quick laugh in the back. I told them we haven't got emotions <laughs> like the uh, like the the smash aliens, you know. Yeah, they're just sat in their spaceship laughing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had a the voice doctor. very similar yeah. as well, didn't they? They did. Yes, they were. I would have liked to have seen the Cyberman smash alien um, team up. Yes, that would have been good. That would have been nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ben says, well, we, we've got to find some radiation if we're going to stop yeah. them. Uh, Jamie, I like Jamie, he's suggesting holy water. Yes. Yeah, Jamie's good. Jamie was a very late addition because they, they didn't 
they didn't think Jamie was going to be a regular companion, and they, they liked Trey's eyes, so they invited him on. So almost all of Jamie's stuff in this is either he gets a line stolen from Ben, he gets a, I, I'm a primitive, therefore I think it's you know it's the Piper come to get me, or even more bizarrely. Yeah, he's unconscious for episodes at yeah, the time. They, they, yeah, they put him in bed, yeah. basically. Yeah, they got nothing to do with him. But the stuff he does do, I mean, he's he's great. Um, I mean, I, I I really like Ben and Polly as well as a team. And I think Ben, Polly, and Jamie for the few episodes they had together worked really well. And yeah, in this he's great because he's he's viewing it as a, you know, as a Highlander would, isn't it? He? he thinks this is a, a magical creature. This yes, is, that's why he's suggesting know, the holy water. Yeah. Yeah, and but Polly suggests um, um, n- sprinkling them with nail varnish, doesn't yes. she? Yeah. And luckily the base has got a bottle of acetone and other things, and she makes a cocktail called a Polly cocktail, yeah. um, which seems to make shaving foam uh, come out of their chest units. That's yeah, how the sidemen seem to be. I wonder if perhaps that's why in the tenth planet, when the power went off, they collapsed because inside they're just full of shaving foam. Because ah. we see it in Tomb as well, don't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. So perhaps they're just full of shaving foam. Their their major weakness would be, you know, a bucket of water or something. Yeah. Episode four of this tale is, yeah, we're, we're, we're properly base under siege now. Yes. Um, but the Cybermen just seem to just want to hang around outside, don't they? They um, trench along their small bit of moon. Yeah, their little <laughs> bit of moon. Well, it's we like get... they've got this massive laser and they use it once and it doesn't work because a, a teeth tray foils them and they go eh let's not try again yeah yeah that uh, tea so tray was bloody stupid uh, yeah uh, it um, don't, mm. didn't we have this last week or we something did in, um, in kill the moon tea yes. tray there should be a, a, a doctor who treatise on tea trays that have saved the universe um yeah the the and then the doctor gets the idea that um cybermen are, are, are quite prone to um, gravity changes so and that so weakness number two they don't like changes in gravity mm-hmm. um, so they, they there's this inordinate amount of time spent where they go we can't depress the the gravitron enough and then they spend ages working out how to depress the gravity it's like you're depressing me i don't know about the gravity <laughs> um padding 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 and then they they shoot the sidemen with the anti-gravity and they float off almost as if they're on Kirby wires. Yep, yep. Which, yes, rather comically. Um, yes. I, I, I think the little so children are, are meant to laugh and giggle. Yeah. Are they just in orbit around the egg? I guess so. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And that's the end of that story, isn't it? Yeah, you know? it is. Uh, um, welcome back, Cybermen. Goodbye. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, all right, Earth date 2070, as I say, yep. 21 years after the uh, the second moon was laid. And, well, the next thing that happens after 2070 is 2084, uh, the fifth Doctor is under the sea for Warriors of the Deep. Oh, right. All right. Like, yeah. So, so far, so yeah. good with the development of um, yes. of uh, their timeline, yes? Yeah, no, no major screw-ups yet. Not yet, not yet. All right, so let me just turn the page now. Info on the moon base, and we've got to do the design and effectiveness. Yes. Yes. Told you I had tons of pieces of paper. Right, a little bit of behind the scenes. Pardon? 
Good job you're organised. Well, I'm not. That's why the, well, I've what, just what had this cock up. A cyber planner. <laughs> or a cyber controller. We've got to talk. Yeah. That, uh, that, that's the point. We've, we've got to uh, we've got to vote on them as well. Yes. Yeah. Right. So this this quote comes from Jack Kine. You know the legendary Jack yes, Kine. Yes, And Big the brother. The, the right. Yes. The writing is very small, but I'll I'll try and read it. Uh, and he's talking about the moon base. The moon base control room was made by an outside contractor who had unfortunately fallen ill before the work could be completed. We weren't informed of the situation until the day of recording and immediately hired a van to collect the unfinished props from his workshop. We were horrified to discover that the four desks that were to have featured as an, as an impressive central area to the main set were nowhere near completion. The plywood shelves were unpainted, devoid of lights and any instrumentation. We returned with the desks and took them straight into the studio where the cast and crew had just broken for dinner. Within an hour, the wooden shelves had to be transformed into a futuristic control centre. We contacted our own effects workshop and urgently summoned everybody to the studio. The staff were instructed to bring along any instrumentation, banks of switches or rows of pilot lights that they could lay their hands on. Without the required drying time, it was impractical to paint the desks, so we covered them with rolls of white fablon stuck to the raw plywood and then cut to size. Fablon does not stick well to absorbent surfaces, so we prayed it would adhere until after the recordings. We then cut holes to accommodate the small collection of working lights and assorted instrumentation brought along by our staff. The panels still weren't busy enough to resemble sophisticated monitoring equipment, so we cut out various images from magazine adverts and stuck them onto the desks to fill out the empty areas. The desk looked quite good by the time recording commenced, and thankfully the fablon held on to the end of the session. So there you go. <laughs> well, the fact is, I didn't, I didn't notice that it looked any worse. I did see on the, on the info yeah. track when I watched it. There is mention to look at the um, you know the, the very bare control panels, yeah. and yeah, it would be very flat if all you're doing is cutting out magazine photos and sticking them onto the fablon. You know. Yeah, just looking at a photo. Yeah, to be fair, they are quite they're quite sparsely done, aren't they? But I I don't think I would have noticed it if no, um, I, I just if it hadn't been pointed out. Yeah, that's how it was. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got another quote, a lengthy quote from Jack Lovell. Jack Lovell's the guy, you know, the outside contractor. Yes. And he had already made the chest units for uh, the 10th planet. But he says here, uh, Sandra Reed, a costume designer new to Doctor Who, got in touch and asked us to build the chest units for the very first Cybermen. We were given a rough drawing to work from, and I think we built about... Oh, this is the 10th planet. I should have read this before, sorry. Oh, right. This is him talking about the 10th planet. Um, uh, asked us to build the chess units for the very first Cybermen. We were given a rough drawing to work from, and I think we built about six of them, mainly from perspex and plastic parts fixed onto a sturdy metal frame. They were fitted with lights and heavy-duty batteries, so the actors portraying the Cybermen had quite a bit of weight to carry around. The plastic grill at the front lower... Uh, at the lower front of the chest unit is the underside of a lampshade, which is very recognisable once you know what it is. And I must say, we used to have exactly that lampshade, um, yeah. the bottom underside, the bit that points down um, yeah. in the 70s. Um, my son and I attended the studio recordings to assist Sandra Reed's team with the dressing of the actors and to change the batteries in the chest units when they ran down. For the main part, the Cybermen costumes were simply cloth body stockings with holes cut out for the eyes and mouth. 
Worn over the top of this was a thick polythene suit broken up by plastic rings on each arm and leg to suggest the joints of an exoskeleton. Their feet were rubber wellington sprayed silver while the actor's hands were bare in keeping with the idea that the Cybermen were once human. Uh, the helmets with the jug handle tube in were handled by the BBC's own visual effects department. Although the Mark I Cybermen were a triumph of collaboration and inventive skills, I always thought it resulted in their initial appearance being a bit of a fudge up. Okay. Fair enough. And then he says about the moon base. Um, for the Cybermen's second appearance, Sandra Reed explained that she wanted them to appear more robotic. We were commissioned to cast up the full head fiberglass helmet and a brand new aluminium chest unit design with a removable gun at the bottom. The helmets were constructed with a removable back panel fastened with small hooks to allow the actor's head entry. Inside the mouth was a simple hinged mechanism operated by the actor's chin and used to indicate which Cyberman was speaking. There was also a bright light fitted in the top section complete with batteries which was turned on and off from a switch on the side of the chest unit. Clear Perspex ear handles were made separately before being fixed permanently into position either side of the helmet. The one-piece vinyl jumpsuits were delivered to us with the three-fingered hands integral to the costume. We then had to attach the vacuum cleaner tubing and plastic golf ball joints. Army boots were used instead of Wellingtons and finally the whole kit costume was sprayed silver. I think we attended the studio recordings for this story, story to assist Sandra and her team with the, with the dressing of the actors playing the Cybermen. Okay? So, so there you go. Yeah, as you say, vacuum hose tubing and golf yeah. balls. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad they redesigned the Cybermen, although I love the Tenth Planet. It just wouldn't have worked going onwards, as we said. Um, so I, the helmet is great. I, I really, not, it's not my favourite cyber helmet, but it, it's, a, it's a really good, clean helmet. Um, the only trouble is they've gone a bit from from this body horror idea, unusual, to a little, a little bit stock robot-y. Mm. Um, I'm not a great fan of this bodysuit because it's baggy, shapeless, and looks exactly like what it is. Um, but the good thing about the Moonbase ones, of course, is, is, is they're brand new, so they're not tatty. Um, but yeah, uh, design-wise, I think it's good design, not as clever as uh, Tenth Planet, so this one drops down to a seven for me. A seven? Design. I'm still higher than you. I gave them an eight. You're, you're continually a point ahead of me. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do like them. I, I don't really like the silver tape around the eyes and the mouth no. area, but I do like the mouth opening thing. Yeah. I, I'm presuming, because, you know, we've both, we both built things like this, and so I, I reckon they put that tape on to hide a raggedy edge, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. It's not a clean cut so they've just put that tape on but yeah i mean we, we've said it so many times over the various programs we've done that that sil sh shiny silver doesn't work it doesn't look modern it just looks tatty mm. and that's in including if you're making something for yourself like never if you're making a coffee table or something never cover it in shiny silver it looks rubbish it shows it's, up every blemish it looks like christmas tape doesn't yes, it yes yeah it, it just doesn't work um but but yeah i I would like one of these helmets. In fact, I'd like a, a collection of every cyber helmet. If you've got five minutes spare. I don't know. They should yeah. do that, you know. I mean, you get 
there was a thing a few years back that the Star Wars helmet collection yeah. thing with these like you know um, like one tenth scale or something oh, that would you be know amazing yeah the Doctor Who helmet collection yeah 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 and, and not or head collection because then you can yeah. have Sutek you can have Sontarans everything well, um, Fine Arts started it didn't they Fine Arts Castings way back in the eighties they started a bust collection. Um, no, I remember ironic, their. I remember their. They went bust. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember their Sontaran. I had their yes. pewter sent yeah. Sontaran, but I don't remember a bust collection. Yeah, they did. They did the uh, Doctors one to six, and then they did six different adversaries. One of them was a Sideman. I can't remember which one, um, but that would be great. I've got a load of. Um, I've probably got a whole whole different set of all the figures, the the character options. But yeah, a, a decent size helmet would be great <laughs> a decent size helmet would be great put that on a t-shirt, on a t-shirt. yeah um, so but how effective is this new look cyberman um when they're when they're strolling about on the moon's surface being silent and moody and that, i think it's great and they like say there's a few there's a few shots where they really use the cybermen to their advantage in the studio um, it's just a shame they don't really do anything mm. in this story. Um, so their effectiveness in this, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna drop down. Possibly a little unfair, but I'm gonna drop down to a six and a half. Six and a half. Well, I drop down to a seven. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're, we're narrowing our. Yes, we're ma- narrowing, narrowing that gap. Yeah. So that's six point seven five. The cyber then. gap. Yeah. The cyber. Gap. We could have called everything today a cyber something yeah. or other. Well, it's like termination, putting space in front of anything. You can put cyber in front of anything, can't you? Yes, indeed. Yeah. All right, that's seven point one two five. So we'll call that seven point one three. All right, okay. for these so chaps. Yeah. Is it so unusual they're in a caravan by themselves? Seven. No, 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 no. Really? There, we have two other inhabitants at number 7.13. Uh, we have um, the Krals, you know, from Android uh, Invasion. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the rhinoceros people. Yeah, yep. and get get this. <laughs> oh, poor Cybermen. They're, they're sharing a, a, a caravan with Soul Deed. Oh, no. Yeah. They're going to be emotional at the end of that, aren't they? <laughs> See how far they're emotional. Well, he certainly is. will be, won't yeah. he? Oh, well, he'll Lord. make up. A, imagine Soldi did the Cyberman. <laughs> they nice. wouldn't be able to get rid of his emotions. No. You know. All right. So uh, that's uh, that's Moonbase done. So over yeah. to Tomb of the Cybermen. What is it? It's their their leader, their their controller, Jamie. Krieg, I have brought you back to life. We of the logicians have planned this. You're alive because of us. Now you will help us. We need your power. You need our mass intelligence. Are you listening? Do you understand me? Now that I have released you... Ah! 
classic that is Tomb. Um, Tomb was the story that was always held up as uh, this and the Web of Fear as the the pinnacle of Doctor Who. This was like Doctor Who, Doctor Who's version of of 2001. This was like mm. a perfect story. Um, this is before it, it all came back of course uh, and people would, those, those elder statesmen fans that had seen it and somehow remembered it would would write whole fanzines about how amazing this was. Um, weirdly, when when it was found, most of what they reported was inaccurate, uh, and then they shut up about it. Um, but yeah, this this was amazing because this came out sort of at the height of like DWB popularity and things like that. Fan, fandom had really took off big time, had huge amounts of power with the current program. And, and then this was found, wasn't it? I think in a in a Mormon church in Singapore or some mad. It was something place. mad like yeah, that, wasn't in it? Basement, um, and they rushed it out onto VHS, and they opened up HMVs at midnight. So yes, could, I remember that. Yeah, do you remember that? I didn't bother. Um, and then when I saw it, um, I I I love it, but yeah, it doesn't quite live up to the hype. Um, Did you have the Target novelisation? Yeah, I loved that. I'd read that to death, um, even though if it has got the most inaccurate Cybermen on the front, um, I, it, it was brilliant. It was it was quite atmospheric, and I, I was looking forward to so many bits that weren't actually in the programme. <laughs> um, uh, but I think it holds up because, unlike uh, Moonbase. Although not a huge amount happens in this, it flies by. Mm. It, it's absolutely brilliant. The guest cast are great. The the Cybermen, although they, the Cybermen don't really do anything. This is more the Cyber Controller story. Yeah. Cybermen don't really do anything. Um, the guest cast are great. The story's great. I even love the fake American accents. Um, yeah, this this is a this story works. I this is one I would be happy, and I have done. Because I, I I often watch this one and Anne will sit and watch it with me. I would happily show this one to um, a non-fan. Yeah. As a as an example of sixties who. You wouldn't mind any of your family walking in. Not at all. During this one. Not at all. E even like because some of the fights are a bit comical with the Kirby wise now. I don't mind it. All it all works. Um, the story's a bit barking mad. Troutman's characterisation is all over the place, but it's so enjoyable. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we refer the listener of course. We have yes, already we've discussed this in in depth. In we? depth for yeah, the bunch of adversaries. So, but here we'll just uh briefly have a look at what's happening in uh the history here because yeah, yeah it starts to get convoluted here, doesn't it? This is... We're on we're on Telos. Well, well that do, do do they actually call it that because I, at the beginning, they're talking about the city of Telos. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. Yeah, they they referring throughout that as if Telos is a city, but it's great. It's it's become the name of the planet, hasn't it? But yeah, the way they talk about it, this is the lost city of Telos. Um, so, it, but where else is this? Could this be? Because it can't be on Mondas. 
Well, no, Mondas is now destroyed. Yeah. Because they, they, this group, they know that this is where the Cybermen came yeah. from and that they had died out 500 years ago, right? Yes, which so, is presumably the moon base. Yes, so if that is the case, this is the year 2570. Yes. All right. And uh, so, yeah, this is where the Cybermen came from, not yeah, Mondas. So, so basically the time team, um, <laughs> time they've team. turned up with Phil. They want to excavate, because they, they anticipate that the Cybermen are dead. Well, oh. Eric. Evil Eric, your namesake. Yes. He still he still thinks they're going in hibernation. He seems to know this, but everyone else thinks they're dead. That they're just going to dig up like Viking tombs and things like that and get nick a few secrets. You know, um, English archaeology professors going to a different country and stealing uh, artifacts. I mean, that wouldn't happen in real life. No. But here, yeah, that's what they're going to do. Um, but this is where it starts to get a bit messy because obviously the production crew have destroyed their planet so now they sort of say no this is a different planet but this is the actual planet that the Cybermen came from and then they went to Mondas yeah, which then drifted Mondas. away yeah which totally contradicts what was said in the 10th planet and doesn't make a huge amount of sense and then in the novelization of course they, they because uh, 10th planet hadn't been novelized when uh, tomb and the moon base were written they completely do away with Mondas and they say Sidemen always came from Telos mm. Telos was their home planet blah 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 um, so it starts to get a bit muddied nowhere near what it will end up no. I mean I, I find it amazing that by New Who they've gone with the idea that oh bloody hell every every civilization eventually gets Cybermen that look the same what a pitiful <laughs> way of... I mean, terrible writing, terrible writing. Um, but yeah, so the, these archaeologists, they've gone there to dig up Cybermen. Turns out Cybermen are just um, having a bit of a kip uh, in their, their deep freeze centre. And they wake um, up. They wake up, and then they introduce us to the previously unseen Cyber Controller. Yes, the rather... Who, yeah, he's, he's having a shit or something in a... He is, portal, he isn't is. He, when they open it up. He's quite tall, slightly podgy. Yes. Um, has no chest unit, less piping than the yeah. regular ones. He's and got a big it, old head, hasn't he? His big, big old, old head. head. Is that meant to be clear? Um, well, it was, it, it was meant to... It had a battery, so that big lump in the back is a battery, and it was meant to light up and flash... So it was sort of um, slightly opaque. Now, what's the word I'm looking for? Translucent. Mm -hmm. so it wasn't clear, but it was meant to light up and you was meant to see brainy bits in it. And it didn't work, of course, so they they didn't bother. They just give it a quick spray, I think, and um, go with it. Um, Do you think that's why the veins are on it as well? Because yeah, as, I think so, as it flashes, to, yeah. you would see the veins more. His, well, his, his big old helmet was meant to pulse. The veins in his spoke, helmet yeah. are meant to pulse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so whether they locked him in a portaloo, is it? <laughs> Get in there, you bugger. Um, he's quite verbose, isn't he, the old Cyberman? Yeah. He's the chattiest Cyberman we've heard of from. Yeah. And he's great. I love his voice. I love everything he says. Um, I don't. It wasn't Michael Kilgareth doing the voice, was it? No, I don't so, think it is. No, no. no. Um, but but he, I, yeah, he his voice is great, and he's got all the classic lines, you know. You will be like us. Like, be like us. Yeah, 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 yeah. You belong to us. Yes. Yeah, the us bit is good. So, yeah. I mean, that's that. That's a good new addition. Uh, yes. Yeah. We, we also learned that now they, they they had dynasties 
before they yeah. died out. You, um, yeah, you very, have them. Very archaeological, isn't it? Yeah, there's so many different dynasties, different technology, which fits. So it's quite prescient. It fits with what we, you know, that e each of the Cybermen designs is a different dynasty in their time. It sort of yeah, it makes sense. Now that's interesting. Um, that yeah, yeah it, the dynasties they're talking about are the different looks to the different. Well, they should Cybermen. have been. Op opened a cupboard and there was some balaclavas in there. Go oh. The earliest side. The first dynasty, dynasty. Yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Open yeah. another one and there's some silver aluminium tape. Oh. <laughs> one um, of them's just got a cupboard with moon boots in. Moon boots. Um, yeah, and, and these Cybermen, unlike the moon based ones, they need recharging. Yes. Uh, because they start slowing down, don't they? Yeah, I know they're the feeling. They're, well, we, I mean, we've all been there and we've all had toys that we put in the attic and then when we finally get them out again, the batteries are knackered. Don't last five minutes. Um, and I think this is the same. Yeah, they've been in hibernation and their batteries have got a bit dodgy. Um, the logic of this story doesn't quite work. It's one to be enjoyed, not to be thought about too much. Because it's like, why didn't the Cybermen put rechargers in their units? Why didn't the Cybermen put a control that opens the door in the tomb? Yes. You know, uh, bloody cyber planners. Um, we've introduced the Cybermats for the first time. Yep. Those uh, wacky little silver fish with with their comedy teeth. Um, they, they they look awful, but they they work great. There's there's a definite uh, sort of um, aura of menace about these Cybermen and what they're doing. There's nothing cuddly about these guys. No. And I love I love it when they um, when they partially convert uh, Toberman. And he's got the cyber arm under the thing, and it's just the sleeve of one of the cybers. It's brilliant. That's yeah. that so enhances. It's like, that's a cyber arm. Um, the suits themselves, it's exactly the same as the moon base. Yeah, they've been in hibernation a lot of that yeah. five hundred years because that yeah they haven't evolved in this no, story, have they? Exactly the same. Well, they they haven't evolved. They de-evolved, haven't they? Because they got real tatty. All their seams yeah. are, are burst. There's one great shot where they're putting the. Uh, the Cybermats onto their ramps and the guy's sleeve is split from sort of top to bottom. Um, it's, it's amazing that... I suppose, again, it's the rush of getting it filmed. Yes, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're pretty much exactly the same... <coughs> exactly the same design as Moonbase. Um, I, don't, I can't think of any differences. I mean, they're literally... They no, no, no. ...storage and that's it. And, uh, yeah. Um... Something I found curious is a line from the Doctor when they're talking about Cybermats. He says that they are a form of metallic life, yeah. right? Which made me think, well, do you think that Cybermats are really, you know, cats that have been turned into Cybermen? Could be. You know, because they're about rats, the size of a yeah. cat or a rat, you yeah. know? And yeah, they've been cybertized. Just, just think that in, in, the, um, in, in the 60s, on the budget they had and the, the lack of resources, lack of modern stuff, and they came up with the Cybermats, which, like you say, could be a could be a rat, could be a cat. Good idea. And then later on in New Who, they came up with the Cyber Shades, which was a, 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 a felt uh, a fur rug with a crappy cyber mask. What are you talking about? What's the have Cyber Shade? The, the oh my god! Have you never seen the Next Doctor? The next doctor. Google, Google search Cybershade and prepare to weep. Cybershade. The next doctor. Yeah, have you never seen the tenet? That's not the one with um, David Morrissey in it. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. 
Have you, have you never, oh, you must I, have seen it. I've, I've got uh, memories of some giant Cyberman walking in a city. Oh, that's the Cyber King. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, yeah I do remember that um, now. I'd, I'd rather have the I'll blank that. Thanks day. for that. Oh, yeah. my God. Luckily, we're not rating that. Um, well, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, we will be eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, 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 new, the new bit of all this is the Cyber Controller. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, when we get them to rate it, uh, I, yeah, I suppose we'll do the same thing because they have got tatty. So yeah, I know, no, I think we should, yeah, uh, okay. and also their effectiveness might yes, be slightly true. different yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, all right, well, right. Let, let, let's do that, well, if I can okay. find a piece of paper. Again, I do apologise for all this because uh, I've got so many pieces of paper. Right, Tomb of the Cybermen. Uh, behind the scenes. As I say, uh, listener, we have already discussed yeah. an awful lot of this story already. So, uh, right, here we go. Tomb of the Cybermen. This quote is from, who is this from? Jack Kine again, I think. Yeah, Jack Kine. He's um, never short of a quote, is he? No, 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 no. Even Ta if he was involved anyway. <laughs> uh, he says, the Cybermats were constructed by Ron Oates. There you go, he's giving yeah. credit. And appeared to be a cross between silverfish and guinea pigs. Many viewers oh, wrote so in. Didn't think of guinea pigs. Yeah, robot guinea pig. Uh, many many viewers wrote in to ask where they could buy one, and I think BBC mm. Enterprises missed a golden opportunity to market them as mechanical toys. They that would have made a, a fortune. That is a loss. That is a good point, isn't it? Oh, they could have done. You know, they did the um, the Rollicking Daleks. They could have done Rollicking Cybermats. Um, there was a brilliant. Um, ABS kit in the early 80s by a company called BMP or BCP or something. Oh, was that um, a vacform one? Well, no, it was It was um, actually made of ABS, thick ABS plastic. Oh. The idea was you could you could radio control it if you wanted to. And it was advertised on the back of Doctor Who magazine and that. And I sent off one, and it was the, I think it was like the Princely Sun was 16 quid at the time. It was madness. Like I had to ask my mum's permission and all that. <laughs> Uh, and it was amazing. I wish I still had it. It was a brilliant. Well, kit. what did you do with it? Uh, I sold it when I sold my first collection off when I moved oh. house. Um, yeah, you fool! Oh, those—they go for like three, four hundred quid each now. Do they? Yeah. But it's great. I think we should make a, a Cyberman because I do like them. But yeah, a, a toy one would have been brilliant. A little wind-up one, <laughs> or a little cyber suit, a Cybermat suit for your guinea pig. You just make him wear. I'd have to buy a guinea pig first, though. Wouldn't it'll it be great, expensive. If you got one of them, and you got visitors coming over, just get a, a, like a guinea pig cage, put the <laughs> Cybermat inside, just don't say anything, and see if they try and feed it bits of carrot or something. That, that, that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, another quote. This is from Peter Day, another effects bod. He says, uh, Michael John Harris was the main designer on this one. I remember the Cybermen emerging from their honeycomb of tombs, which was very atmospheric. I also recall we had interference problems with the radar control of the Cybermats, much the same as the problems with K9 10 years later. We'd pull them along on fine nylon wires whenever we could. Uh, one effect which took ages to set up was pumping all the smoke and goo through a dying Cyberman. We inserted tubes into the costume which led back to our position just off camera. When we re recorded the shot, the actor inside the costume writhed about all over the place. Michael and I knew exactly how we felt because we had tested the effect on ourselves back at the workshop. When the program was transmitted, the BBC received some complaints about the realism, so it must have looked pretty good at the time. All right. 
And that's backed up by Michael um, Kilgariff. Oh, yeah, he's the Cyber Controller. Yep. Uh, the Cybermen costumes had a feature which was lost when the creatures returned some years later in that they had mouths shaped like letterboxes covered by a flap which the uh, actor inside opened by lowering his jaw. The idea was that when, you, you, when your cue came, you operated the flap. Peter Hawkins off-screen said the line, and then you let the flap shut. The comic side of this, this is that the BBC tried to cut my fee on the grounds that I didn't have to say any lines. That was true, but I argue that I still had to learn them, so they paid up. Oh, right. And then he says, My death by electrification in the program was so horrific that there were complaints from a large number of viewers leading to the scene being replayed on the show Points of View. I learned sometime later that the scene was considered too strong for some countries and that it was edited out in Australia and New Zealand. When I saw the adventure again a few years ago at a special screening at BAFTA, the deaths seemed quite tame, but then, but then so does everything else from back then. I think he's... Um, I might be wrong here, but I think he might be misremembering that because the, the death scene that he's on about that's on junior points of view, because that all still exists and I've seen that, is the uh, the sideman having his chest unit ripped open and the oh and all the oh, yeah uh, right his his actual death at the end is just literally uh, the camera whites out for a second and he falls over so I think he's he's probably been told it it was complaints about a death scene and he's filled in his own it, death scene oh they must have been talking about me yeah. yeah yeah well he's an actor <laughs> yes yeah. <laughs> All right, so, uh, all right, if we do the, the regular Cybermen troops yep. then, okay. um, does their design change anything? I mean, before you gave no, them a seven on the moon yeah. base. Design is exactly the same, so I, I stick with a seven for their design. All right, and I've stuck with an eight, so that's still seven and a half. Uh, how effective? You gave them six and a half before. Yeah, I, I this, this is a difficult one because are we, are we rating the Cyber Controller separately, aren't we? Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. This is so, just the troops. Yeah, so the, the troops, although they're, I think they're handled really well and they're quite scary in this, they're so tatty, the suits now, that you're often brought out of it because you go, oh, look at the scenes. Oh, you can see the guy's T-shirt. Um, so I'm, I'm going to drop half a point off. I'm going to say they're affecting this. The Cybermen themselves is a uh, six. A six. All right. Well, I I kept at a seven, um, so that's six and a half. All right. Okay. Let me get my calculator out. That's a seven. That's a round seven for the troops. And what about the cyber controller then? Um, so design-wise, um, he's a bit of a weird design. I, he's got a massive head. And no chest unit, and without the chest unit, yeah, it's it's a strange design. So I, design-wise, I'm going to give that a, I'm going to give it a seven, the same, the same as the side because I think design-wise it's okay. It's, it's it's quite it's not a bad design. So yeah, I'm going to go with a seven for the design on the side. I mean, I thought you were going to go higher than that. Blimey, I wait for the effectiveness. Ah, well, I I've upped them from an eight to a nine. Wow, you really like that. 
yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Things with big throbbing heads. Yes. <laughs> so that's <coughs> a, that that that's a design of an eight then. Yeah. All right. And now, how effective is he? Well, th this is where the direction, the artistry of the actor, the voice artist, the everything works really well. So although he shouldn't work because you've got a, a portly cyber leader pontificating as he wanders around. It so does work. He's really chilling. Um, so for me, the effectiveness of cyber controller is a nine. A nine. All right. Okay. He's the most. He's the most. This. This is what they needed, and this is what they sort of replaced later on with human agents. But you need a cyberman that's going to talk to the doctor in an interesting way. This. Yeah. He's. He's great. The cyber controller. I like him. All right. Well, I. I moved him up to an eight. Well. All right, so that's eight and a half. So that is a total adversary rating of 8.25 for the controller. All right. Uh, yep, I think so. And now we'll talk about those cute little Cybermats. Yeah, I like the Cybermats. I mean, there's that weird shot where it's, where it's having a complete metal breakdown, uh, as the doctor says. And it's making that noise and its little eyes are going all over the place. <laughs> They are. I think that's the trouble. They're not menacing. They're cute. They I are imagine, the cutest yeah. of the Cybermats, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I think kids, rather than being scared of them, kids will go, I want one. And also you've got that really weird uh, small one, the non-movable one that Jamie finds and then it yes. attacks. Yes, um, the baby one. Yeah, and I, I'd, I'd love to know what the idea was there. What, is it just that they didn't have the full-size ones made? Did they need it small to fit into the handbag? Was that going to be the Cyberman? So, so there's a lot of weird things. So yeah, um, so design-wise, I, I think the, the Cybermats are great designs. Um, so I'm going to give I'm going to give the Cybermat uh, a seven and a half. Bloody hell, that's high. I like him. You I do want my like Cyberman him. back. Uh, Cybermat back. Yes. I'm going to have to make one. <laughs> yeah, 3D it. print one. Yeah, yeah, I could do that actually. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not enamoured of this yeah. version. Too cute. I, yeah. it's, it's their sparkly eyes. I, so I really cute. don't like. No, I don't. I don't want them to be cute. I only gave them a five. Wow. All right. So that's six point two five for design. And how effective are these? Well, little this is where. So, so perhaps we're putting the, the cuteness in in different places. So you're putting the cuteness down to design. I'm putting the cuteness down to the way they're handled on film. Like you've got that little scene of it going, yeah. and then they're wagging their tails. So I, I think the effect of this is what kills them, because they are just super cute. Mm. Um, but I think they could have been menacing. Um, so yeah, that that drops down to a six for effectiveness. A, a six. Uh, I, I, I'm not impressed because yeah, I, I thought their design was cute, and yeah, I, I, I don't find them <laughs> menacing in the slightest. I only yeah. gave them a three. I still don't know why one's wandering about outside later on either. No, no, that's a bit odd. It's escaped. The yeah. Cybermat on the loose. <laughs> so I only gave them a three. Oh, All right. Wow. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Nice. yeah, so so that's four and a half for effectiveness. And I add that to that and divide it by that. That's, well, we'll round it 5.4, we'll call it. Instead of 5.375, we'll call it 5.4. All right. Okay. Right. Let's put them in their caravans before we move on. So, put my calculator down. Let's go uh, from bottom to top, shall we? 
Yeah. So let's get this uh, cute little cyber map in first. 5.4. Yep. That, that cute little cyber mat, I've just got to write down what they are. This is Tomb, isn't it? Tomb cyber mat. Yeah, Tomb cyber mat. Share with somebody who's been in there for a very long time, all alone, and now he's got a little friend with the um, uh, with the Tomb cyber mat, and that's the Warriors of the Deep version of the Sea Devils. Oh, I can imagine them getting on. Yeah, that would be like a pet for. Them. Well, they're based on a silver fish, yeah. and he's yeah. a sea devil. Sure. Yep, so that's that. Next we'll go to the the regular standard Cybermen. Cybermen yep. um, <coughs> and that's a straight seven. Yep, I'm just so put his... A lot of there are a lot of sevens. We'll just put him here. Tomb, Cyberman. Right, is sharing a rather full uh, caravan. The Axon mo Monster, the old yep. Chalmain one. Uh, the Santa... Saturnians, I still can't say oh, right. it. Yeah, the uh, vampire fish people. Yeah, Tim Shaw. Yeah, Tootie McFellan. Yeah, Sontaran Strax. Uh, potato Head, yeah. Yeah, Solomon. Can't remember Solomon. who was Solomon. Oh, uh, that was um, David Bradley. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Bostock. Oh. Now shares a, a place with a tomb of Cybermen. Cybermen, yeah. And then finally, the uh, controller 8.25. Yep, 8 yep. He's, he's sharing. Up to the posh end, he's, he's up the posh end. Tomb cyber controller. He's sharing a caravan. Um, that caravan is quite old. I think it's the fourth caravan to actually go into the uh, caravan park because we've got the K1 robot in there. Oh, yeah. Two big fellas. Ooh. Yep. Uh, the foretold. What well, didn't Michael Kilgareth play the K1 robot as well? Did he? Yeah. Oh. I think he did. I'm did sure he? he did. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure he did. So he's he's in there with himself. He'll be happy. He's, he's got himself. double pay yeah. then, hasn't he? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Make up for that uh, not getting paid for voice yeah. acting. And he's got the zombie Gelf to right. cohabit with, and Sontar and Steyer. Ah, oh, Field Marshal Steyer. Field Marshal style, yeah. Alright, so that's that, that's that. I'll put that bit of paper down, so we move on. You will take on to the wheel. All day, inside the wheel, you will help us. You will obey. To... Yes, to your favourite. Uh, I had never seen this before. I only knew of it, and I knew a couple of photos. Usually, the one of Zoe just about to be bashed on there by a Cyberman. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it, the loose cannon version is out there. Um, so, and I think that actually made it worse. I think maybe if I was just watching it on TV, and you know, I could be munching on a sandwich. But when you're watching your laptop and you're just yeah. watching still images, it becomes even more tedious. Yeah, the tr trouble is, it's, it's it's a fairly tedious story anyway. Um, but yeah, the fact that you've got to watch it in recon doesn't doesn't do it any favors. And I'm not saying that if they found it, we would reevaluate and say, "Oh my god, it's actually brilliant," because the soundtrack certainly doesn't suggest that. Um, but yeah, this this is this is a chore. Um, again, I don't I don't I think this is the first one where. 
I don't think the Cybermen were meant to be in it originally. This is a, yeah, you said this before. That, yeah, that, that, that it was another script and they they sort of shoehorn the Cybermen in, which sort of makes sense because that there's nothing unique about the Cybermen in this one. There's nothing. There's no body horror. There's no nothing really that couldn't be replaced with Alien of the Week. Yeah. Oh yeah, Designs. this could be any any yeah. creature, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an odd little story. This, I mean, there are—it's it, peculiar, and I don't know if if it did survive. If we could, you know, just gauge what the bloody hell was <laughs> going on a bit better. Um, I think you probably would. You'd probably have a a bit more appreciation for it, but I don't think it's ever going to win any prizes. I mean, the the script is bafflingly stupid and doesn't make sense. The cyber plan just makes no sense. The science in it makes no sense. Um, and also, from the, the episodes we've got, it doesn't look like it's well-directed. Um, it's like, especially like the last episode where you've got meant to be the big cyber invasion of the wheel, and it's just laughable that they're flapping their way Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Yeah, oh. Um, but, yeah, we do get, uh, we get the... Uh, the Bosque suits back, which is good. Yes, yeah. Um, we get oddities as well, because yeah. the, the beginning of it, I mean, does the TARDIS ever again offer up temptations to the yeah. crew to say, look, wouldn't you rather go here to stop them going somewhere? Well, the, the only other time it's sort of happened is when, in the Mind Rubber, isn't it, where it shows them temptations to, to get them out of the TARDIS. But that's someone else doing it. I don't know why the... I mean, the idea that the TARDIS is going, yeah, actually, perhaps the TARDIS was just worried that it, it wanted to get them to a better story. <laughs> so, this is boring, Doctor. It is, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, and the first episode is just, is almost entirely filler. Nothing, yeah, I, I, again, yeah, nothing it, it's hard to work out what's going on because you've got the yeah. Doctor and Jamie go in here, then they come out of there, then you've got this yeah. servo robot that's wandering around for a bit. Um, and I don't understand this thing. I mean, it looks like this servo robin, robot opens something that looks like a coffin and a load of balls float out into space. Now, these are the Cybermen, aren't they? Yeah, the Cybermen in their, in their sort of cocoons. Their, yeah, cyber balls. Because um, the cyber plan is weird in this. I still can't get my head around it too much. So they... They've want to invade the earth again they need to get the wheel in space out of action so they they put cybermats on the ship so that the cybermats can eat all of the beryllium yes which is used for the laser defense of the wheel then they explode a galaxy or they explode a sun in a galaxy in a different galaxy and that somehow causes a meteorite storm <laughs> that's going to approach the station they the, the the laser's out of order because of the the cybermats so they can't shoot it that then means that they've got to get more beryllium on before the meteorites get there which means that they will use the 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 tugboat thing that the doctor was on and let that dock with the wheel in space which would have the Cybermen on, but the Cybermen are then ejected anyway. Yeah. And then they they 
this is also they can get on board the wheel to to invade it that then somehow lets them gives them something to take over it's so muddled um it's like they created the plot by like playing you know doing mad libs or something and just pulling different words out of a bucket and going oh oh this is the this is the plot it's rubbish. It is. These these balls that first go across, yeah. uh, are they balls that have got the Cybermets in them? Oh, uh, ah, you're right. That Perhaps that's it. Yeah, the, the balls that you first see are the Cybermats to get onto the ship to kick this off. Mm. And then later on, the Cybermen are in balls. And that's why they needed it to dock. Yeah, so we've yeah. underestimated our planet. Actually, makes perfect sense. <laughs> of course it does. Oh, good Lord. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got this crew, haven't we, on, yes. on, on, on the Wheel of Space. Absolutely this... boring stereotypes. Oh, man. I, I mean, surely we're going to talk about the invasion, and that's yeah. that's eight episodes, and it's long. And I was, I've been watching it, and it's like, this is long. Not a lot is happening in some of those episodes, but you're engaged by it. Yeah. But the, you, here, you, you're you not a, at all. Yeah, you, you need a supporting cast that are interesting and none of these people are interesting we've got possibly the worst example of the uh, base commander that's antagonistic towards the doctor for no reason and is shouting at because he's just rubbish and no one's there's this weird love affair thing going on between two of the most boring characters you've ever heard of um yeah it's just dull incredibly it could, dull it could have worked with with a crew that you cared about of interesting characters, it could have worked. Um, the only thing that the only good thing that comes out of any of this is Zoe. Yes, yeah, this is She's where brilliant. Jamie meets Zoe for the first yeah. time. She's a right old SWAT to begin with, oh, isn't she? Is, she? Yeah, she's she's a bit um, she's a, a bit obnoxious, we should say. Yeah. Um, but if they, I mean, it, yeah, she's so head and shoulders above everyone else's being. Even though she's obnoxious, she's likable and interesting. And no one else even comes close to sort of matching that. Um, nope. Also, she looks very good in a Busk spacesuit. She does, yes. Better than Busk does, to be fair. Yes. Um, episode at two ends when, you know, uh, we see a Cyberman in a ball. Yeah. Who, whose hand then breaks out. And, of course, that's animated, isn't it? Uh, yes. Not animated, it's just photo still. So we can't really gauge what's happening but of course episode three does survive so we yeah. now see how the cyberman in a ball wakes up yeah um hugely impressive do you think in this you know thing where the form is slowly uh, coalescing and everything do you think the audience recognized it as a cyberman before the hand yeah. and the head comes out i reckon so because obviously you, you've got the, um, the 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 ear pieces um, and a vague outline that's similar. Um, of course, the original design was meant to be much more similar to the Tomb Cybermen that was sort of changed after studio filming. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, film filming. Um, but yeah, I think they, they probably would have recognised it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because then we get a hard cut to the Cybermen. Yeah. They're in, in a control room. Um, and uh, they're talking... A very boring control room. Very boring. I mean, it, it matches the rest of this story. Yeah. And they're talking to something called a cyber planner. Yes. Which is weird, and I can't understand what the hell the bloody thing's saying. That voice is yeah. is peculiar. Yes. 
Um, I don't know what a Cyberclone is meant to be, because Cybermen are humans that have been enhanced with cybernetics and had their emotion moves, but I don't know what this cyber plan is, but is it purely robotic? Is it? Is this why their plans are so rubbish? That they, this thing, they can't understand it, so they're just going, what did he, what did the cyber planner say? I think he said, he said to get the cybermats to eat the metal, mm. did he? I don't, and perhaps that's why the plans don't work, because they can't understand what he's saying. The, the cyber plan is actually saying, just go and kill him. <laughs> Yeah. Don't number them, kill them. Oh, Very good lord. Um, what do you think of this uh, slight tweak on the design of the Cybermen now? Um, well, we get a lot of firsts in this one. Um, so we get the, the first of the teardrops. Mm -hmm. So the eyes have got teardrops. But that's coupled with, weirdly, the mouth has got a teardrop that gives it a very sort of. Sort of uh, clownish appearance do you, um, do you, do you remember in, 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 in I think it's in Blackadder the third where there was a thing of having lipstick with a little blob at the bottom yes yeah you know? it was sort of yeah what oh it's not I mean it wasn't renaissance it was that they, Georgian yeah, was a, no no yeah, no there was, was a Vogue that was it yeah Georgian yeah in, yeah yeah there was this Vogue for having like extension a little circle and lips it does look weird I like the teardrops on the eyes Brilliant. Do you know why the teardrops in the eyes are there? I presume it's to give them a bit more vision, is it? Or... No, it's more ventilation. Ah, right. That's exactly what it was. As you were saying earlier, you know, as the Cybermen evolve, it's due to, you know, the limitations yeah. of the suit and how can we improve things. I mean, it's a classic. I mean, you know, um, um, the teardrop shape, you know, to me is, yeah, that's Cybermen, you know? Yeah, that's that's the over as we go forward. That and the ear handles are the overriding um, things that you remember. Of course, this is also the first use of wetsuits. Yes. For Cybermen, um, which I think you know look, looks good. I mean, it's obviously it's a wetsuit, but it looks good. It it makes the Cybermen gives them a bit of definition. They long, no longer look baggy. Baggy. Of course, the cyber chess units are on upside down. They are. They, I'm looking at a photo me. right now. Yeah, I like their new fingers though because they're not pointy yes. anymore. They yeah, end, they uh, that are cut off, aren't they? Yeah, they've cut off the the pointy fingers and put like uh, bottle caps on it. I think they're actually thimbles. Are they thimbles? Right. Yes. So the Cybermen <laughs> could be do some sewing. Yes. Um, I'm not a fan of the the overcomplicated pistons on the arms, and I understand that they kept breaking and because they, they go back to the um, the golf balls and hoses. Um, so it's a bit of a mishmash, this one. And of course, the original idea was they, they weren't in wetsuits, they were in uh, reused tomb uh, suits, but it, it just didn't work. Mm. I'm presuming because they were so tatty and the new, <coughs> you know, the new bits didn't work. So they totally redesigned the Cybermen between studio filming and television center filming. Television but, yeah, where they filmed it. Um, so yeah, we there's two sorts of sidemen here. Um, but I think for every good design element on these ones, there's a corresponding uh, mm. type area. You know, the worst thing about these sidemen for me um, yeah. is um, the way to now denote that they're talking. They nod backwards and forwards. Yes. Yeah. That's appalling. I, I, I didn't pick up on that, um, you know, looking at the screen grabs, but no, when you when see you it, it, yeah. It's like, oh, well, yeah. You're right, because they've, they've simplified the mouth. They've removed all the, um, the opening closing mouth. 
presumably again for ventilation and so they can breathe out of it. Um, and this is where we start to get the animated Cybermen when they're talking to you, they're moving about. And mm. I mean, it, by the eighties, it becomes mad. They're just hand gestures all over the place. It's pantomime by then, yes. isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, this is the start of it. So this is a a groundbreaking cyber show, but not necessarily for the right reasons. Mm. Um, also, we've we only appear to have two fully working cyber suits, um, and that's painfully obvious. Yes. Painfully yeah. obvious. Yeah, um, we have a, a, a an evolution of the cyber map here. Yes. Um, yep. Much more preferable to me because we've lost the comedy eyes now. We've got these like solid eyes, haven't we? Yeah, we've got yeah just solid golf ball, well, uh, ping pong ball style eyes, um, which you're right does does give them a a more menacing, almost zombie like. Appearance. Hello, cat. Cats come back because we're talking about uh, zombies. Mice. Oh, zombie mice. Come on. She's got the idea where she's up. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not. I do like the tomb ones, but yeah, I do, I do think it's a nice. It's a, again, it's simplified, isn't it? Yes. Um, and they've they they've seemed to have tidied up the uh i don't know i still don't know whether it's meant to be legs or whatever it is it is meant to be legs, legs. you're meant to believe these yeah. are legs yes oh dear um, Indeed. <laughs> yeah so it's a simplified design definitely less cute you're right and that's why i prefer them yeah, yeah. um what i don't prefer and I've, i wish this was just screen grabs and not you know in the um existing uh episode is the bloke off of Mind Your Language yeah, who ended up in Indiana it. Jones. Is this the worst death ever in Doctor Who? It's the, awful, isn't it? It's not good. I don't know. I, I think he's trying to convey that they've destroyed his hands or something, yeah. where he starts lolloping around like, like a gorilla. Yeah, I think they're meant to have shot his hands. Um, but it, do, it just doesn't work. It's, it's comedy best. This is where you God. pray none of your family are going to come in yeah. at this yeah. point. Yeah, and that's the point they're going to come in, isn't it? <laughs> or when Troughton's talking about the sexual air supply. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> mm. Enjoying your show, are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. come in, kids. Look at what Dad is watching. Yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, yeah, what else have I got? Uh, we got more boss suit wearers. Um... Um, yep. They got at, aren't they? Because they go across back to the rocket. They got got yep. at by a couple of Cybermen. With now the Cybermen have got this nifty wavy line, which goes from their cyber helmets. Yeah, they've no longer got like the spark generator thing. They've got these like oscilloscope lines, um, which, to be fair, oh, this, this was done sort of live in camera feed and camera feeds. They they match up pretty well when they're doing it. Mm. It's not horrible. Um, but yeah, not quite convincing. No, no. Um, what what else have we got? Oh yeah, that this boss on the wheel in space. He yes. doesn't know about the Cybermen. He's never heard of the Cybermen before. No. Do we have we got a year for this? I it's somewhere in the twenty-first century. All right, we'll look into this in a minute okay. when we've done with this story. But somehow in the twenty-first century, he doesn't know about Cybermen. But five hundred years on from you know yeah. uh, um, the moon base. Everybody knows all yeah, about it, the Cybermen. It doesn't work because it it could be that it's taken place before twenty seventy, 
but then they would have known about the 1986 ones. Oh, yes. And it yes. can't be taking place before 1986, because in that one, they've not got space stations or anything. No, no. Um, hu humankind doesn't seem to have um, encountered alien life at that point, which again is contradicted later on by lots of other stories. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit of an anomaly, this one. Yeah. It would have um, made more sense to have it set 500 years after two, and so everyone's forgotten. Yes, yeah, I don't know why it's yeah. set just now. Um, the Doctor says in this one that the only organic part left in a Cyberman is their brain now. Yes. Um, I guess that could yeah. be possible after all this amount of time. Yeah, and a Cyberman can now um, take people over by by raging waves or whatever, but you can, you can put a washer on the back of your neck mm. and that diffuses it. It's all a bit silly. It's very silly. Um, yeah, on on the rocket, I mean, the Cybermen are put into a box yep. and taken back to the wheel in space, where, again, they don't do much. It's, it, we're back no. to the moon base again. They, they they don't really do anything now. No, they, they, they hang about, in, two of them hang about, and then go and visit the Doctor, and um, that's about it. There's no menace to these guys at all in this one. Like I say, you, you, you're watching it and you forget the side men are even involved. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, episode five, nothing really happens until about eight minutes before yeah. the end, and that's when the wheel opens fire on the uh, approaching meteorites. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the non-so-convincing meteorites. Uh, yeah, not... It's just pure filler. This could, yep. have been a, this could have been quite a tight four-parter. But unfortunately, it's six. Yeah. How many? How often in uh, Troutman's Who has this happened? Though? Yeah. The budget just doesn't stretch, does it? No, no. Um, we get a good look at the cyber ship, which yep. uh, I don't mind. I think that's quite nifty. That's not a bad design. Yeah. Yep. And then, unfortunately, we do get the Cybermen walking yep. oh. through space, flapping their, flapping arms. their arms. What was what was the director thinking? Well, if you're underwater, you have to. Flat your arms. So it must be the same in space. They are painfully uh, walking. Yeah. But we do get a good look at the original design when they're doing that. Mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're on film. Um, and you can see it's not great. <laughs> no. It's not the best. No. And nor is the story. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, the cyber ship is yeah. blown up, and, uh, and you, you have what look like dull Cybermen um, sort yeah. of like floating away. And then everyone goes, hurrah, and goes off for tea. Yeah, um, yeah. That I think it's quite low down on the uh, the list for. I wish they would um, rediscover this. I, yeah, I would. There's there's many other episodes I'd like them to find before they found this one. Yep, 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 yep. All right, okay. Um, dating this. Oh, yep. by the way, we never dated. We never put on the list the uh, Tomb of the Cybermen. All right. Uh, so we might as well oh, do yeah. that now. 2570, which is 30 years after the third Doctor's somewhere on Earth in uh, Frontier in Space. I think that fits quite well. Hmm. I could see Tomb being in the Frontier universe. Yeah. That fits all right. Yeah, yep, yep. We'll take that, won't we? Yeah, that's a good all right. A win for continuity. A win for continuity. All right, let's, let, let, let's rate these then. Okay. So uh, we've got this old Billy Bug, the Cyber Mat. We've yep. we've got the Cyber Men, and we've got the Cyber Planner. Okay. All right. So what do you want to do first? Uh, so Cyber Cyber Mat. Um, 
what did I give the last one? The last Cybermat, you gave a seven and a half for design and a six for effectiveness. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a seven for design because I do think they've simplified. I know you like, you, you prefer the simplification. Um, I think they just, uh, the eyes have got damaged and they've thought bunk a couple of ping pong balls in there. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a seven for design. All right. I gave it a six and a half. All right, so we're getting closer again. So that's 6.75 for the design of the Cybermat. And now how effective is this one? Um, I, don't, I don't think these are effective really much at all. They, they try to be, and like I say, they, that attack scene should be chilling, but it's just, it's laughable. The, the guy messes it up, and also you've got three Cybermats being, you know, waggling along. Um, mm. I, I, I think it's very mediocre. I'm going to give their effectiveness only a five on this. Five. All right, I gave them a four. Right. So that's four and a half. So that is... And that gives us 5.6. All right. For the cyber mats. Yeah. All right. What about uh, the cyber planner? Any um, sort of... Design-wise, design I don't know what they're going for. I don't know here. what it is. Is it yeah. a brain in a jar? I, I don't know. I, I mean, you, it looks like the original prop hasn't turned up and they've just grabbed anything they want. Well, can I tell you what yeah. the original oh, prop was yeah. meant to be? In the script, it was fully humanoid. Right. And it says, seated in a strange seat from which metal wires bend out from the base and attach themselves to the head. See, that would have been much better, a, you know, a non-mobile Cyberman yeah. that's just there purely to think. That, yeah, that would have been much better. I presume the budget didn't stretch to it. No. Um, it's just I, it's yeah. just pipes and a brain by the looks yeah, of it. it look, if, if one of the Cybermen had wanted in and going, what are you talking to the boiler for? <laughs> the Cyberplan is over there. I would have gone, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, I'm going to give this, d design-wise, a, a three. Snap, that's exactly yeah. what I've got. Yep, and how effective is he? Um, I can't understand the word he's saying. It is so boring. This gets a effectiveness of... Mm, I'm going to be generous and say two. A two? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, blimey. I gave him a four. Really? All right. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Awful. It's, I don't mind the voice, but... Just, you know. just have a cyber controller back. Yeah. So that's a three. So yeah, that's a that, that that's a, a an adversary rating of a three. And then we've got the troops. Then, what do you think about these new look? I'm, th this is the one that's given me the most difficulty in rating because there's bits I really like about it, but there's other bits I don't particularly like about it. It's really difficult. This, um, I think the the design. I think it was a good, considering it was quickly done, um, I think it was a good design. I do like the wetsuit and I like the teardrops, but I don't like the lip. Oh, this is difficult. I'm going to give it design a seven. Snap again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I much prefer it over the last couple that we've seen. And yeah, the, the, if, if you could if you could add, because they went the other way sort of thing, they went with a tomb body and a new head. They should have gone with the the new body, the wetsuit, 
with a tomb head on. That mm. would, you know, I mean, that would have really worked well. Um, yeah, I think seven, seven for design. All right. Uh, okay. Effectiveness. They don't do bugger all in this. They just wander about. They're menacing looking, but then they waddle across in space. And it's the um, way they nod when they talk. Yeah. That's what okay. really irritates me. It's like they've all got Parkinson's or something. Yeah. Um, no offence to anyone that's got Parkinson's. Um, Ian's not calling you a Cyberman, no. honest. Uh, honest cover. Um, <laughs> absolutely average five. Five? I might well, be being generous. You are being generous. I gave them a three. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's a four. All right. Okay, that is a final adversary rating of five and a half for them. So slightly above average. Yep. All right. Well, let's put them on the lists. Let's see where they are. Let me get my get to my page. All right. The lowest rating we got there was a three for the Cyber Planner. So just put there. Uh, what are? What is this? Oh, this is the wheel, isn't it? Wheel in space. Cyber Planner. Right. The Cyber Planner is in caravan number three with the Slitheen. Okay, yeah, that's, that fits. Yeah, the Slitheen. Did I just say Slitheen? You did, yes. Oh, sorry. Sorry, 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 it's getting late. Reapers. Oh, yeah, mm, okay. And Primords, whoever they were. Oh, that was from Inferno. Oh, the, yes. The green-nosed werewolf guy. Yes, okay, um, all right. Okay, that's a, that's a caravan I ain't going to visit, I don't think. I'm not going to bother. All right, okay. The um, Cybermat, then, got yes. 5.6. All right. Okay. So that's uh, <coughs> Wheel Cybermat, 5.6. So that's 0.2 points higher than the Tomb Cybermat. Well. Okay, and the Cybermats are scuttling around in the caravan with Toberman. Oh, uh, he's not, he's not going to like that. He no, didn't like that. no. Uh, the Maya. Okay, the uh, mechanical boiler people. Yeah, Professor Stahlman. Okay, from Inferno. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hepesh. Okay, yeah. And the Antimatter Monster. Oh, okay. So there's some good and bad in there. Yep. And then finally, we've got the the Will Cybermen. And they are 5.5. They are sharing a caravan with the Vord. Okay, which there is that connection. Are the Vord the early... Oh, yes, I'd forgotten about that, yeah. Azal. Okay. Okay. Legman. Yeah. Um, Rutons. Okay, Cabbage Fellas. Yeah. Salamander. Oh, Troughton. Oh, Patrick. And Vogel. Oh yeah, from um, some Dalek one. Okay, yes, that's, yeah. that's quite a nice caravan. Though. Yeah, there we go. So this is going to be a very long episode. All right, like let's let's move on to the we can zip through, uh, the last the ever one. one, the last ever one yeah, the last of the sixties. That yep, yep. story, uh, which is uh, the invasion. Come and sit down, gentlemen. You can go, Packer. But, Mr. Vaughan... Thank you, Packer. Thank you. Yes, sir. I must apologize for Packer's cruel devotion to duty. But your method of entering into my building was rather unconventional, wasn't it? Well, there was no need for all that gashing stuff. I think perhaps we should be apologizing to you, Mr. Vaughan. Tobias Vaughan. I'm the managing director of International Electromatics. 
Your business must be very pressing to force you to such extremes. Yes, it is. Concerning Professor Watkins. Uh, how, how did you know? My computer. It reported directly to me. Oh, I see. We've gone to a lot of trouble for nothing, you know. The professor's working on an experiment and refuses to see anyone. Uh, well, we only want to talk to him, you see. Perhaps I can help. No, I, I don't think so. Thank you very much. Oh, sir. come on, Doctor. There's only a couple of electronic circuits. Oh. Circuits? Electronic circuits? Well, my technicians are the best in the world. I'm sure they'd be able to assist you. Oh, show me the circuits. Well, I... Oh, please, I'd like to help. Uh... As you say, rather complex. However, I'm sure we'll be able to help you. Yes, please. Now, I'll have them sent to my workshops immediately. Oh, how very kind. Not at all. Professor Watkins is a valued colleague. Any friend of his is... Oh, have you got one of these, young man? No, what is it? Well, surely you've seen them about. The disposable transistor radios. One of our latest products. Most popular. We've sold 10 million in this country alone. Here. Compensation for the treatment you receive from the worthy packer. Thank you. How does it work? Yes, that's how you turn it off, Jamie. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm afraid I have an urgent appointment. Yes, of course, come along, Jamie. Uh, Packer will meet you and show you the way out, Mr. Uh, uh, doctor. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye, Doctor. Goodbye, Mr. Vaughan. Thank you for the radio. Not at all. Packer. Yes, Mr. Vaughan. Show our visitors off the premises, will you? Very good, sir. The invasion, which starts in a very Quatermass way. Yes. Um, we've, because we've got this giant electrical company that, which has moved into an area, forced out all the locals, and, you know, it's all fenced off, and you've got the, the factories there, and all the they're workers live in there and everything. Yes, yeah, and, and I thought of it especially later when the doctor's on the roof and he sees the yeah. radio telescopes as well. Yeah, yeah, very much. You know, very quite a mess. We, we always love a bit of Doctor Who when it goes quite a messy. Well, I am thinking, you know, when what I said earlier. Quite a mess in character. Quite a mess in character, yeah, could do. Maybe yeah, one day. Yeah, but I was thinking about, you know, maybe this is why I can get through an eight-parter that yeah. where not much is happening compared to a six-parter where much not is happening. You've got far more interesting characters with a, a, a setting and a location that we we like and a premise that we like. Yeah, and also the, the locations do change and they're quite interesting. They're not just a boring corridor set like the way in Space Wars. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is... I won't say it zips by because I do think there's a lot of padding in this one, but compared to Wheel in Space, it flies by. And almost everything you see is at least interesting, even some of the the bits and bobs that now haven't dated well, like the outsmart in the computer and that. It's like it's all it's all good stuff. It's it, good solid. Yes. It is quite peculiar because you have things in it like, you know, the doctor saying he hates computers and he yes. distrusts computers. And of course this is just when computers were coming in. So there was yeah. a, a distrust of computers. Well there was very much a um very much a vogue at the time that you should distrust computers as they're not as good as man um so yeah Trouton's doctor does it pertwee's doctor kirk everyone seemed to dislike computers and i i'm wondering at what point did they we then flip over to computers are actually great yeah you know we don't 
we don't have to look in bushes to find our porn now. <laughs> um, Maybe that was the moment. That was the moment. What, you, can, you can get porn on this. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely an anti-technology, which makes sense given the storyline, but an anti-technology vibe to this one. Mm. Um, of course, we, we should have had um, Professor Travers uh, and his... Um, that was the original plan. Yeah, yeah, that would have been superb. But no, um, they've buggered off to America, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and instead so we we've got the, Isabel. The, yeah, Isabel and Professor Watkins. Professor Watkins is just... You mean Professor Kettlewell, don't you? Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, I quite like Isabel. I think she's all right. She's quite an interesting character. No, she's really good. And yeah. apparently, if Patrick Troughton wasn't going to leave, they, they, there was going to be a new format for the show... Yeah. Um, we're introducing unit and everything bigger, and she was going to be a reoccurring character. Oh, that would have been good. So she would have been like the Miss Shaw. Yeah, she um, would have been a good companion, I think, she Isabel. Would have. Yeah, she's she's really good, and um, the actress is great as well. But bags of personality. Mm. Um, but then the, the, the yeah the other thing that elevates this story to the gods is. Um, is Packer. Packer. <laughs> yeah, as um, Vaughn and Packer are just. I think some of my favourite. This could be I Robert Holmes, this double oh, act, yeah, couldn't it? It's, it's superb. Um, I just love this dynamic they've got going. I, I would watch a sitcom with these two, just day-to-day life. Where I, I had a chocolate bar. Where's it gone? Packer! Packer. <laughs> Poor old Packer. I do feel uh, sorry I, for I'm him. I'm so, so sorry when he dies at the end. Um, well, he has this strange evolution, because at the beginning he's very much like a thug, isn't yes. he? Yeah, but then he starts to lose it big time, doesn't he? Yeah, he <laughs> All the way through to, yeah. the story, he just it, he, his world goes to pieces. He unravels. We watch yeah. him unravel. You but know, in the end, so he's shouting at, at Vaughn, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he just it, it just get the feeling that he just wanted to go to work and do his job. Yeah. And all this nonsense has just ruined his day. I think he yeah, was very great. comfortable doing his regular day-to-day so, yeah. stuff. I think he was, he was the closest we've got to a content and happy Doctor Who character. He was content and happy bully yeah. boy, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew his strengths, knew his weaknesses, didn't go out of his comfort zone. And the Doctor turns <laughs> up, and that's it. I, I, I think it's quite quaint that the Doctor doesn't trust Vaughn because he blinks yeah. too slowly. Yes. Mm. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't get on with Michael Caine, would he? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting because we get all these hints that there's something not quite right with one, and then we find out that he's um, he's been partially converted. Um, yeah, but before really interesting. Yeah. yeah, but before that, we know he, he's up to no good because he's got a sliding wall. Anyone who's yeah. got a sliding wall is up to no good. Yeah, no, no one ever fitted a sliding wall in their office. For good reasons. No, that's why reasons. I've never had one. Yeah. Um, I, I think this. I don't. I don't. I can't remember what they call this cyber planner. Thing it's the it. cyber director. Cyber director. Yes. This is worse than the other one. I think this is like, this is like a piece of fruit in a in a vice in a shed. I don't get what this is or what it's meant to be. Even more so than the weird planner. I think it's just a communications device because Vaughn talks to it, it sends a message and then it goes agreed. So it's obviously talking to somewhere else up up on the other side of the moon or whatever. I I always thought it was meant to be an actual thing uh, that he's talking to it and it's thinking. 
but you might be right. It might, perhaps it is just a communications device. Yeah, again, like the planner, it's hard to make things out. The only thing I can make out is that, that there's a whole circle of jam jars yeah. along the top. But I imagine that's uh, Vaughan and Packer have made jam. Because ah. uh, I imagine they go to like village fates together and stuff. Mm. So there's a whole... There's a whole big finish series in these two, I reckon. Yes. Everyday jam making activities. <laughs> big finish should get onto it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now of course, yeah, this is an epic one. It's eight episodes, and when Vaughn talks to the cyber director, there were meant to be behind the cyber director Cybermen style hexagons. Oh right. But they were taken away because they wanted it to be a end of you know midpoint you know end of episode four um, a midpoint shock reveal that it was yeah. the cybermen okay but that was ballsed up by the radio times because when episode one was came out they showed a picture of the cybermen uh, so they went to all that trouble times. for nothing yeah yeah because it is weird when you're watching it that the cybermen don't appear till so late it's it, it's literally yeah. halfway through yeah i mean they make up for it because we get the, the glorious battle at the end and stuff in the sewers and that and but yeah it it's almost a four-parter followed by another four-parter mm. that's got cybermen in um but but yeah I, I won't say you miss them because now we watch it we're watching it as a cyber story so well we're, we're waiting for the cybermen to yeah. turn up aren't we but when it when it was done live i i don't think any anyone would have been worried that the cybermen haven't turned up because it's not at that point it's not a cyber story for most people but also you know back then when you're watching it live you're not aware that this is an eight episode no, story yeah. you, you don't know? know when the last episode's gonna be yeah so four episodes yeah. in you could be <coughs> thinking well is this the end coming up or something yeah. you know um, but then it just continues for the following week and then the following week you know um, so yeah, next we have the uh, the thing that ballses everything up, which is when the doctor meets the brigadier, yeah. and he explicitly says the Yeti in the underground business was four years ago, yeah. which gives us a date now. This is 1979. Yeah, but no one knew about the Cybermen in '86. Nope, nope, never heard of the Cybermen before. But here they are, <laughs> seven years before could, on Earth, yeah. taking over the whole planet, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, and they're certainly taking over London and wandering about. Um, perhaps, perhaps they got away with it by no one knew they were called Cybermen. And then when they meet them from Mondas, they're so different. No yeah. one goes, oh, it's the same guys. You remember the guys in the wetsuits? Yeah. It's these buggers. Yeah, um, at this point, cyber continuity goes out the window, doesn't it? There's no point in even trying to think about no. it now, about why does this Cyberman look like this when, yeah. you know, in the future he looks like this, you know. I mean, I, I'm not even sure. Do, do, do Cybermen ever have time travel capabilities? Uh, they do in um, Attack of Cybermen, because they, they steal that time machine. That, All right, so in the that, 80s um, they the do. But there's no mention here that these Cybermen were no, seeing this story. There is, if, if, you want, if you want a hilarious um, attempt to retcon all this together, then David Banks's cyber book is brilliant for this because he tries to 
um, he tries to tie it all up. So he's got different factions of Cybermen, Neo Cybermen, thing. and then there's this big flow chart at the back of the book. Oh, and yeah. it's trying to tie it all together, and it's laughably... I mean, it's you've got to admire him to try and do it, but then you've also got to go, mate, just don't bother. It's There's no e- point. E- every story is, is different. Multiverse. Yeah. Just live with it. Yeah. It make any I, yeah. Because yeah, if if, if you're going to do that chronologically, this is the first Cyberman story, then. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? But yeah. I mean, I guess well, you te- could e- technically the first Cyberman story for Earth would be the next Doctor, which is in Victorian times. There was oh. a, a big Cyberman wandering about London. Yes, there was the giant, the mm. King thing. Yeah, yes. Cyber King. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I mean. I guess you could say that, yeah, in 86, those Cybermen are on Mondas, but these Cybermen could have come from Telos. Yeah. Even Which though is, they I don't look like the ones... That's, on. I think that's the exact route that David Banks takes. Ah, oh, right. That these, these are, these are de- descendants from the Telos Cybermen, and at the same time, there was kicking around the original Mondasian Cybermen, but they were different. They didn't know each oh, other. Right. Never okay. All right. Okay. Like All right. Well, if that is the case, David, right? The cyber director says that information from Planet Fourteen yeah. is that the Doctor and Jamie are recognised, right? Yeah. Where, where's Planet Fourteen? Yeah. And how? How can it, this is 1979? Yeah. How do they recognise Jamie as well as the Doctor? No. No. You just can't. You just got to go along with it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Or you start putting in missing adventures again. Oh, no, please don't. And do you know what? I bet there is a fan... I bet there's a virgin new adventure set on Planet 14. <laughs> Probably tying in the void. I don't want um, to know. Yeah. I really don't want to know. Uh, did you know old Doug, Dougie Camfield, who directed this, yeah. do you know who his original choice was for Tobias Vaughan? Mm, because it wasn't so, Kevin yeah. Stoney. It, it was, and... I can see it because they are very similar uh, characters on screen. Uh, Charles Gray. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's got that smarmy, yeah, politeness. Yeah, yeah, that would work. Yeah, and uh, oh, oh, Kevin, bless him. He was so delighted to be offered the role. He actually gave up a role in a West End play to be Tobias Vaughan. I'm glad he did because the play doesn't live on. But this does. So it does. It, it does. Well, we're doing a podcast He's about it and not the play that he could have been marvelous, in. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, old Tobias, he's interested in the Doctor's circuitry, isn't he? Yes. And, yeah. but, and the Doctor is interested in what's inside Vaughan's radio's circuitry yeah. as well. They're quite impressed by the, the tiny size of the radio, aren't they? Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just you wait, mate. I love how to save money. Uh, when... You know, Vaughan takes the Doctor and Jamie out to his country place because, of course, yes, we, yeah. we we find out that Zoe and Isabella are, are on a train, so they get there first. Yeah, his country office is exactly the same as yeah. his London office. I, I have all my offices made the same, so that I don't get lost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they've done is changed the back cloth outside the window, yep. haven't they? Yeah. I mean, fair dues. Fair dues to the BBC trying to save a bit of money. Yes. Um, yeah, Professor Kettlewell or Watkins, whatever you want to yeah. call him, um, he's ordered and threatened to build the machine, which I think is a cerebration mentor, a teaching machine. Yeah, didn't um, Professor X have that? Didn't he? No, that's Cerebro. Oh, right, right. Yes. 
And uh, this cyber director has ordered Vaughn to destroy the Doctor, but yeah. Vaughn doesn't want to do that because he basically wants the uh, TARDIS for himself, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he wants the Doctor's technology. Yeah, and I think it's quite chilling. He says he wants it, or he'll give Zoe to Packer. Yeah, what was Packer doing with her? Mm, I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what Packer. Will Packer do? He will befriend her. This is the point totally where Packer loses it. It, he, yeah. it goes hysterical when the Doctor and Zoe, uh, sorry, Jamie, evade him in the lift. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's probably that he got wind that, that um, Vaughn was going to give Zoe to him. And he thought, I'm going to have to get the spare room ready. <laughs> and it's full of my stuff. I've got to get my, my stuff out. My jam-making equipment. <laughs> oh. And yeah, uh, he lost it. He does lose it. He's all hysterical. Yeah, it, it's it's really weird to see Kevin Stoney losing his temper because he's yeah. raging when they can't be found. Um, he's chilling when he's angry, though, isn't it? Because he's played it so softly spoken. Yes. And then when he does raise his temper, he raises voice and loses his temper. There's something about him when he opens his eyes properly, you yeah. know, because normally he's got this, you know, I mean, he can't help it. Poor guy. He had a bad accident, didn't he? That's yeah. why uh, he, he's he's got a he's half got closed eye. Half closed, yeah, yeah. But when that well, opens to his character. Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you remember him in Space 1999 on that one where you've got the two planets either side of the oh, uh, yes, of yeah. the sun and they're firing a missile? Yeah. And he, he's he's you, you only just see him on a monitor and he's bloody chilling in that as well yeah yeah well he'd have made a great master he He would have actually yeah yeah all right uh he guesses vaughn guesses that emotions uh can stop their allies yes so because they've had emotions removed they don't know how to process them yes so basically he's going to turn turn them all into teenagers and egos (laughs) Um, and they, they steal this later on for one of the tenant ones, don't they? Yes, they yeah, yeah, yeah. The new who's. Um, but yeah, he, he's worked out that if you flood them with emotions, or they, they just can't, their brains can't process it. They basically go and cry in a corner. <laughs> or overreact, like, like we're going to see shortly. Yeah. yeah. We have this long drawn out helicopter rescue, don't we? Yes. Um, and it's a nice action scene, but by God, it goes on. It yeah. does. It does. I'm, I don't even. I, we're on episode four at the moment, uh, and uh, Tobias Vaughn he brings the invasion forward, even though Packer says their allies aren't ready for it. Um, and then we get this massive if info dump about how there's been UFOs spotted, yeah, for over a year in the south of England. Will and you show that and see it? No. No, 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 no. And there's a vague mention of the, you know, the rocket that fired at the TARDIS yeah. when they were on the other side of the moon. Um, and that somehow the Doctor realises these UFOs, are whatever's in them, are being put in crates and being taken to London. Yeah. I don't know how he, he yeah, jumps to that. It's quite a leap of logic, isn't it? Yeah. And again, you sort of, you don't know whether the Doctor knows exactly what's going on. Or is he sort of pulling it out of his backside? Yeah, it, it, it's 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 not a perfect story by a long shot. The script in that, like you say, there's lots of little things that make don't make a lot of sense mm. when you think about it. 
Um, which is true of most of the cyber stories, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of padding as well, yeah. like all cyber stories. I mean, this whole business of canoeing yeah. into yeah. London. It's a nice, it's a nice uh, day out jolly for Troughton and Jamie, isn't it? Um, yeah, they decide to, to investigate the, the factory because it's next to a canal so they can canoe in without anyone seeing them because there's no security on the canal. Mm. Uh, nothing. They, it's, there's a lot of escape and capture from that point on, isn't there? It, it starts to get very repetitive. Yeah. We do have the, um, you know, the reveal of, you know, uh, what's in the casket. They watch yeah. uh, a Cyberman being revi revealed, to which the Doctor says, I was right. Yeah. Didn't t say that, though, did you? No. Anyone can say that. It's an afterwards. Avon thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just as I thought. <laughs> did you know? Did you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've got Tobias demanding that the invasion starts in 15 hours. Yep. Um, he wants to be off for the weekend, yeah. Yeah, who agrees? I mean, this cyber, you know, planner gives in all the time. It's going to start at dawn the next day. Yeah. Um, and the Cybermen are led out, um, uh, voiced by Packer, isn't it? Uh, they're led by Packer, and Packer yeah. does the voices of the Cybermen as well. Oh, I didn't realise you did the voices. Yeah, no, no, it's the voices as well. So when Packer dies later on when he gives a scream immediately afterwards the cyberman dies and gives a scream and that's packer so as well packer doing both yes yeah i yeah. um i raise you the most embarrassing death from the wheel in space and give you the policeman in the sewer yes yeah who, who holds on in a comedy i'm a copper type way he holds on to his sides as he dies that's not like too good that's not too good but these cybermen uh yeah. what do you think of this new look now i I adore it. I think this is this is great. It's not my it's not the, my favourite cyber design, but so far I think this they, they they they've hit everything right on this. I love these helmets. My favourite helmets for Cybermen is this design. Um, the wetsuit looked great. They look bulky. They got rid of all those pistons and things. Um, proper boots. Uh, the only thing I'm not too Design-wise, I think it's a step backwards. Is their guns are a bit. Yeah, I don't like fashion. the guns on this yeah. version. No, no. I don't know whether because they now give off a uh, a flame. I don't know whether that was a way of getting the flame end further away from from the, the plastic the, suit. Yeah, yeah. The plastic suit. Um, but yeah, I think I think they've hit almost. They've almost got to perfection. Very very close. But yeah, this is the best so far. That's going to be interesting to see yeah. your uh, score then. Yeah. on that um yeah i mean yeah it's a radical change and um you know on the moon base uh the extras had kept fainting due to heat so yeah, yeah that here they've um drilled tiny little holes in the cheeks they've opened up as i say they've given them the the, the classic teardrop shape yeah. uh to aid in ventilation <coughs> uh the helmets were made of fiberglass uh with a separate back panel for ease of getting it on and off uh screwed yeah. in place the uh, torches in the top of their helmets are actually World War Two torches. Oh, right. Yes. It and matches. Yeah. And the grooves in the earmuffs yeah. were made by using some waxed uh, clothesline uh, pressed oh, right. into the sculpt. Yeah, because it, it's really clever. Because they've, they've put those sort of earmuffs on the side now, they're quite big. I mean, it looks great, but it also gives inside there's much more air. Mm. much more room it's not as claustrophobic um yeah it's cle cleverly done 
Yeah. Yet you can instantly see that they're Cybermen. Yep. 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 All right. Um, Vaughn tests Watkins's machine on a yep. Cyberman, um, giving it fear, uh, which sends it off and amuck down into the sewer, doesn't it? Yes, it goes a bit uh, doodlally. Yep. Yep. And uh, what, what have I put next? Another Barney with the Cyber Planner, who's changed the deal. Oh, yeah, and that's where we get our first reference to Vaughn's body being cybernetic. Yes. Um, now, all of this, um, I don't know. I mean, later on, he says, I contacted you. I sent out a signal into deep space. How the bloody hell does Tobias Vaughn know about Cybermen or that they're out know. there? Unless there is a missing some sort of missing story, but that, that makes even more mockery of no one recognising them. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's a bit muddy. I, I mean, was he just randomly sending signals out into space and they responded? And how yeah. is he part cybernetic? Has this been part of the deal? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know whether the Cybermen have made him cybernetic for control reasons, but then they don't make his brain cybernetic. So they've actually created a problem. Or whether he said... I will only aid you if you turn me into a, you know, a cyber body. Mm. They don't really do anything with it, though. Um, no, I mean, I mean, we have a, a shot, ha ha ha, coming up where Watkins shoots him. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, there, there, there doesn't seem to be much point to it. No, other than I suppose you can get shot, but because you you always think if they can make him invulnerable and keep him looking human. Why are the Cybermen so bulky and having their lungs on the yeah. outside and stuff like that? If you can do it internally. Yeah. I, I think this was a perhaps a throwaway idea added late on. Mm. Because you would expect scenes of him showing super strength and I know he moves the crate and that or the other people moves the crate. But yeah, you could have done more with it. Yes. <laughs> at yeah. The end. Yeah. All right. It's not like he even gets into a like a fist fight with a cyber. No, no. Is it? Just for this bit coming up, um, I mean that's all it's there for, really. Yeah. Um, but before we get that, we've got the mad Cyberman down in the sewer, yeah. um, approaching Jamie, Zoe, and Isabel. As you say, you get the policeman yeah. badly being yeah. killed, and we get this battle between Captain Turner and Unit with a couple of the Cybermen. Um, and a recreation of the old uh, Tomb of the Cybermen moment where you've got a Cyberman half coming out of a hole and grabbing someone's leg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's when we get Watkins shooting Vaughn. Um, and I'm. Old Kevin, he didn't half whack the uh, old Watkins across the face. He yeah. physically strikes him, doesn't he? Yeah, he definitely connects. Yeah. Met method acting, or he's judged it badly. I don't know. I don't know. And yeah, Watkins is invited to open fire which he does yeah. what would he have done if he had shot him between the eyes though I know yeah oh I didn't think of that <laughs> <laughs> yes and the doctor gets from Watkins what Vaughn's going to do yeah to the Cybermen and uh, and I love how we've got this imminent invasion all around the globe but we've only got eight cyber suits yeah eight cyber suits and a Sunday morning near Westminster to show the world being invaded. Well, they're being mind-controlled, aren't they? This yeah. signal goes out, and um, anybody yeah, who's and close to one of Vaughan's machines... Yes, is then mind-controlled, which is why he was... You know, he's basically given all his electronic equipment away at dirt-cheap prices, so... I mean, he's managed to get it all over the world 
weirdly. Mm. But yeah, if any anyone within a certain distance can't fight back, which is handy because it saves a lot of big budget yep. sequences of people resisting. Yep. We've got some brilliant, I, I always forget how good it looks, some very impressive model work of the Cybermen ship and satellites. Yeah. And I think the yes. way it's lit, because you can barely see them, you know, it's not overlit at all. And, and they look like they've got mass and they look yeah. great. Um, and a signal starts the uh, depolarizer. And uh, yeah, we've just seen hundreds of them coming out of the sewers and just cue one of the most iconic moments in yes. Who yeah. history. Yeah, the Cybermen wandering around the, down the steps of St. Paul's. Um, there's nothing at the end of that, though, is there? That leads down to the river. That's so right, yeah. yeah where like a <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's iconic. You can hear it when they hit the the, the lightweight um, sewer cover, but you've, they put sound effects on it. It's great. It's a great sequence. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, full respect to those guys who are in that costume and down the manhole yeah. to then climb out wearing all that clobber. Yeah, I think it's it's testament to the fact that they've now perfected the because the wetsuit is quite comfortable. It's probably hot, but mm. at least you can move in it. Um, can you imagine the Tenth Planet ones trying to do that? You'd have to cut away, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, most definitely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so episode seven, the cyber controller wants Vaughn to send the signal. Uh, but he's just lounging, reading a magazine, um, yeah. saying the invasion force must be under his control, and they start having another little Barney. Yeah, he's, he's trying to do a bit of brinkmanship with them, any that I'm not going to lift a finger to help you unless I get my way. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he, and he, yeah, he gets a lot, a lot of arguments with the cyber planner, whatever it is, controller. Yeah, uh, uh, the doc cyber cyber controller. Is controller. it controller? No, controller. Was no, cyber two. director. Sorry. Director. God. Cyber director. They need, they need a, a job ladder to help <laughs> us. I want to see the ladder yeah. of uh, success. Which one's more yeah. powerful? Yeah, a, which, a planner, which, which a director, a or a controller? Yeah, is it better to be a planner than a director? I don't know. Uh -huh. All right, so the doctor goes to see Vaughan. He doesn't think the Cybermen will honour their side, and he no. seems quite nonplussed, doesn't he? Yeah, um, Vaughan, I think Vaughan doesn't care at this point because he thinks he can easily best them. Um, he's a bit sure of himself, any old Vaughan, at this point. He is, and I still don't understand how this is happening, how he knows about them, how they know about yeah. him, and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, the only way it would have worked is if Vaughan had turned out to be an alien as well. Yeah. And he knew about so many and brought them to Earth. That would have worked, but... Yeah, it makes no sense if he's a human, if he's a contemporary <coughs> human scientist. I don't know how he's done all this. And the world up to this point doesn't know anything about Cybermen. No. no. All right, so we've got stock footage of unit firing missiles to destroy yeah. the cyber fleet. Um, good model work as they all blow up, unfortunately let down by the smoke falling down. Yeah. Um, and the cyber director sees it as Vaughn's betrayal. All life is going to be destroyed with a cyber Megatron bomb, yeah. which they're going to deliver to the planet. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, at this Amazon Korea. yeah, at this point, the servo robot from the Wheel in Space was supposed to have come out of a little hatch yeah. in the Cyber Director. Yes, uh, but instead, Vaughn uh, uh, destroys the Director with Watkins' machine. Yeah. Um, it basically it blows up and its little jam jars fall over. 
So was the was the um, the servo robot meant to be the bomb or? Oh, I don't know oh, if he just comes out to threaten Vaughn, oh, right. or it's if it was... Much of a threat. He's a fridge on wheels. <laughs> or maybe the servo ro robot was behind it all along, and it's like a Wizard Could of Oz be, thing, yeah. and that's what that contraption Cause I, was. Because in the Wheel in Space, I didn't, I didn't ever take it that the servo robot was a cyber invention. I thought it was the it was part of the rocket invention part, looking after the rocket, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, apparently Ooh. it was meant to come out, yes. Yeah, so... Um, the radio beam's got to be turned off because this bomb yeah. can only be delivered to Earth by following a radio beam. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, this is this is a bloody stupid plot point, but you know what? They reuse it in The Rise of Skywalker. They do, actually, yes. All right, so it, you've either got to switch this beam off or destroy yeah. the cyber ship, but nothing can reach the cyber ship in time to do that, so it's yeah. turn the beam off. And that's when Packer comes in, who's totally lost it. What have yeah, you he's, done? <laughs> he's done <laughs> yeah. um, And he's killed. And then the Cyberman's killed. Um, and then there's a really weird bit. Vaughn says he's not going to help humanity. He's going to do it because he hates the Cybermen. Yeah. But then starts talking to himself about saying, well, afterwards, we'll, the Earth will need a strong leader. And it's like, but you'll be in prison, mate. Yeah, is he, does he think that the humanity will just forgive him and go, well, you caused all this, but you helped us at the end, so... You can take control. Yeah. Hmm. So it's, it's the uh, Dr. Smith thinking, isn't it? That as long, as long as you make the merest gesture at the end... Everything's all right. In the right direction, yeah, everything else is forgotten. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we've got tons of padding now of yeah. the two of them running around that factory. Comedy running. Oh, and yeah, Patrick's little jumpy run. Oh, dear. And uh, that always surprises me. Vaughn is just shot in a long shot. He's up on yeah. the roof, and he gets shot by a Cyberman. We don't even have a close-up for his death. Well, weirdly, almost all of the deaths in this of major characters are either throwaway shots, long shots, or take place off-screen. Hmm. Yeah, this should have been a big moment. And he's like, oh, he's dead. Oh. Yeah. He's he's been our adversary yeah. for like eight episodes, and he's just dispatched like that. Yeah. Hmm. So what bit of a wasted uh, opportunity? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the bomb can't. Uh, um, what have I put? The bomb can't be launched as the transmitter is turned off, so the ship moves yeah. in. Oh yes, they turn the transmitter off, so therefore yeah, so the, the Cybermen the can't fire the bomb, yeah. so they so move in closer and drop it. Yeah. <laughs> drop it. Oh dear, and but so now there's a a, a Russian missile yep. that could reach it because it's coming more in range. A Russian missile will hit it in twelve minutes. Yes, we don't see it. We don't see it. We've no. just got tons of them just standing waiting. Well, literally, the but I think the budget had run out and yet for the final episode, mm. they had quite a bit of stuff planned and yeah, it just you basically your everything is tell don't show now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and it ends with, you know, unit destroy the launch bomb and the Russians destroy the ship. Yeah. And, and then it's almost a hurrah, let's go off for tea type moment, isn't it? It, it? It's a weird, unsatisfactory ending. Yeah, the last episode or so, you know, you, you've built Vaughn up to be this very interesting, you know, character and it, it just all fizzles out, doesn't it? Yeah. Packer 2. 
they do a thing, I mean, earlier on, I think it's episode 7 or episode 6, where, like, someone says about one of the main characters we've been following, and they go, and cap, the, the captain goes, oh yeah, no, I, I, I rescued him in a, um, I took a, a platoon and we rescued him. It's like, we didn't see any of that. Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't quite work. No. It's thoroughly enjoy again, thoroughly enjoyable, but this is one where you really want to watch it perhaps an episode a night or an episode every couple of nights. If you watch it eight episodes in a row, it does that it highlights its its sort of inadequacies. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean I've but, but <coughs> because we've only had a like yeah, 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 you know, a, a week to yeah, watch to what two in, stories, yeah. three stories in a week, yeah. you know. It has been a quite a rush to watch them all, yeah. 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 Why is it it's a chore? But I don't think we'll be revisiting the Cybermen very not, often. Except not for a while. Except Tomb. I can happily watch Tomb again. Yeah, there's yeah, there's something about Tomb, isn't there? Yeah, something about it. I don't know if it's because it's four parts, flies by, it's great. But yeah, the the rest are like. Mm, I mean, I don't ever plan to revisit Wheel in Space unless they find it. No, I don't think. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I think. What what about if they do an animated version? Oh God, yeah, I would have to watch it if they do an animated one. Well, you're a completist. You'd have to get it, wouldn't you? I gotta get it. Yeah. I'm a collector. <laughs> All right, so that's the last time we see the uh, um, Cybermen in the 60s. Yep. Uh, their last invasion version, this version was last seen on screen um, briefly in Carnival of Monsters yes. when they're on that screen, yep. aren't they? Um, and uh, the last time in Doctor Who an invasion Cyberman was seen at Tom Baker's photo call when he, yep. it was announced he was going to be the, uh, the new Doctor, wasn't it? Yeah, the... the so of, of all of the suits, this one's had the most, until we get to the 80s, the most on-screen, non-concurrent appearances, hasn't it? Yes, yeah. All right, okay. So, <coughs> excuse me, let me just have a thing of water. We've been talking for hours. Oh, oh good like, Lord. Feels like I'm, uh, I'm fighting sleep at the moment. I'm sorry. We're nearly there, folks. We're nearly there. All right. We suffer for you. Yes, we do. All right, let's let, let's get on to the um, Earth dating, okay. as I say, 1979, yeah. or thereabouts, within a couple of years, anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a, a table wine of a year, according yes. to Tom Baker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, so far, from what we have covered so far, uh, three years before this, uh, the third Doctor was in East Anglia for the Demons. All right. And one year after this, um, the fourth Doctor was in an alternate England for Pyramids of Mars. Oh, yes, yeah. Sarah comes from 1980. Yep. And the twelfth Doctor was in Scotland for Before the Flood. Yes. One year after this. All right. Well, that doesn't quite fit. But, yeah. uh, no, not really. No. All right, so let's get on to the tallies then. All right, let's yeah. do what... We, we, we've got <coughs> the Cyber Director... We've got the Cybermen, we've got T Tobias Vaughan, and we've got Packer. So okay, so should we do the, the director first? Um, yeah, I have no Let's idea. Let's get him out of the way. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was designed. I think they just had a load of old jam jars and a shed full of stuff. Um, Design-wise, it gets a three. Snap, again, and that's what I've given it for effectiveness as well. What do you reckon? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I was I was toying with the two, but I do quite like some of its arguments with with Vaughan. Um, yeah, three. I we'll say a three, yeah, shall we? It's a nice, easy uh, thing to add up. Yeah. All right. Okay. Who do you want to do next, then? Uh, should we do... Let's do Packer. Packer. All right. Packer! Um, what, what about his design? We, should we just give him an overall effect, uh, an overall adversary? Because I don't know how you can do a design on that. All right, a okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I like him a lot. Yes. Yeah, I like him. I like the fact he goes to pieces. We don't see that enough. The only other one I can really think of that did it effectively was uh, Scorby in the Seeds of um, Doom. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I like I like that there's a lot of human action. I like the actor. I love the way he, he, he's got a little double act with Vaughn. I like um, his little helmet as well. Yes, yeah, he's, yeah, he's got a snazzy With a chin helmet. strap. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> him at the end of the day getting on his bike wearing that helmet, cycling home. Um, I'm going to give him a... A solid seven. Snap again. That's exactly what I've put. Yeah. All right. Packer is a seven. Are uh, we going to do the same with Vaughan? Because design-wise, yeah. apart from his natty little yeah. shirt... Well, he's got a nice Nehru suit, hasn't he? But, yeah, does I, I think we, we'll give him an adversary rating. Um, Vaughan's great. Uh, the, the actor's great. The, the he, he, He's barking mad. His plans make no sense. But by God, I could watch him reading a phone book. Um, I'm going to give Vaughn. I think nine. we're going to snap as well. Yeah, a snap. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, I've got a feeling we're going to snap. That's exactly what I've given him. All right. And then finally, let's look at these uh, Cybermen. Last Cybermen of the night. What do you think of their design? Uh, design wise, I really like. Like I say, it's not my favourite cyber design, but I think this is, this is the most solid yet. Um, I think this, this gets the same. To me, this this redesign is is as clever as the original, so I'm going to give it the same as I gave the the tenth planet for design, which I can't remember what it was that far back. Will they give it an eight? Uh, for the uh, what one? Sorry, tenth uh, planet. Tenth planet. Oh, now you t hang on. Tenth planet. Uh, so, so like there we go. Hang hang on. Design uh, eight. Eight. Yeah. Okay. I'll give the same for these. An eight. All right. Uh, these are my favourite design yep. Cybermen out of all of them. Okay, I, I love this design and therefore it is a 10. Wow, 10 out of 10. Well 10 out I of have 10. got a 10 out of 10 Cyberman, but we're not covering him. No, alright. Well, point. we've got to wait for another special somewhere down the line. And how effective are these? Um, I, I don't know whether it's Dougie Canfield's direction, because he's a great director. He knows how to shoot these guys. They look solid. They... they I really like, they don't do bugger all, but what they do do, this is this is my idea of a Cyberman. Um, so for for effectiveness, I'm going to go. Can I go ten? Yeah, let's go ten. Oh, you're going to go, ten. I was going to go nine, but I think no, I, I do like them. They're solid. They're brilliant, um, and they've got so many iconic scenes. I just wish they did more. Mm. But yeah, I'm I'm going to go with a. Uh, Ten well, this. I'll join you in that 10. Yep. All right. So that gives them an adversary rating of nine and a half. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's good. excellent. Highest, highest rating of the night. Right. Let's, let's put them on this list and then we're nearly done. So let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Cyber Director got a three out of 10. All right. Is that what the, the other Cyber Planner got? 
Let's have a look. I've already written those down. Yes, he has. Yeah. The Will Cyber Planner is with the Invasion Cyber Director. Whoever's in that caravan with them, just bung them in under the bed. That was the Primors, the Reapers and the Slitheen are all in there. All right. So then we've got Paka. Paka. Is seven. And he's with the Tomb of the Cybermen, Cybermen. Oh, right. Oh, do you think he'll look at them and go, something not right here? Well, he can team up with Bostock. Yeah. You know, That's Bostock's the, yeah. in there as well. So, yeah. Oh, they can do, I bet they, I can imagine they go to the same henchman club. <laughs> do you think there's night classes on I how to do so, it? Yeah. Like a mind your language night, night class sort yeah. of thing. Now, we yeah, today in class, we're going to threaten an old lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Packer, have you got any <laughs> ideas? All right, and then we go to Tobias Vaughan. He got a solid nine. Oh, now, what a pairing we've got. Somebody's been living at number nine all by himself, and now he's got Tobias Vaughan living with him. Really and uh, I don't think so, um, because Tobias Vaughan is sharing with Orsini. Oh, right. Oh, God. No. Well, yeah, no, they're not going to get on at all. Are no, they? no, not. Uh, or see, you were hating. He'll have him dead within the day. Little karate chop to the neck. Can you imagine he, he karate chops him on the neck and Vaughn just stands there? And I'll see he goes, yeah. ouch. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and then at number 9.5, again, somebody's been living there for quite a while by himself. I think I think this person's now got a uh, an army of uh, soldiers for him. Uh, Omega, the first Omega oh God, from the yeah. Three Doctors yeah, is in there. Yeah, he's got a new army, yeah. hasn't he? You don't need those blobby things anymore. No, get rid of them useless things yeah, he's, now, yeah. he's now got tin soldiers <laughs> tin soldiers perfect way of putting it all right okay uh before we go um do any of these stories go in your top 10 apart from tomb of the cybermen you've already got tomb of the cybermen there um no not really i do like 10th planet but it's it's, it's not one of my favorites Okay. Um, it would be in the top twenty, I think, but no, certainly. As as much as I admire the invasion, I enjoy the invasion. It's too much of a slog. Mm. I I'd watch the second disc each time. I wouldn't bother with the first slot because I just want to see the Cybermen. Um, no, I don't think so. Tomb, tomb quite rightly in there, but not. All right. No, well, no. I've decided to put Tenth Planet in tenth place. Oh wow! Um, because you know, for its significance. And it's not as slog or overlong like some of the others. Yeah. Uh, so that's my new number 10. Because uh, yeah, you had an open slot there, didn't you? No, no, no. Revelation of the Daleks has been knocked oh, off yeah. by yeah. the 10th planet. All right. Yeah, it's fair. It's mm. fair. Okay. All right. And now it's time to go, finally. So, yeah, yeah, yes. folks, if you're decorating a room or something like that, I, I hope you've enjoyed us uh, uh, filling in the time for you. This is quite an epic length podcast might be the longest one we've ever done once i put all yeah. the audio clips in see if it's longer than the daleks yeah yeah all right so that's it and yes. with this special done we have a reset and we go all the way back to the beginning with billy bob yep with billy back bob to... my choice of billy bob and um i thought this time we'll have our first historical subject Ooh. We've none, never done a historical subject, actual people. and uh, fair, not many of them still survived. No, it? that's true. And it's our f- visit to the shows, really, uh, Doctor Who's only musical. Oh, right. 
It is the gunfighters, yeah. and it's those really pesky brothers. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I, I I can, but I'm not going to sing Baron, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, great. Yeah. I um. I have. I. I don't follow the the current. Or I don't follow the fandom opinion of this one. Um. I. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. I had never seen it before up until uh, uh, I think I, I think I got it because it was a, a, a box set. It was on a, a double, double bill. Uh, yeah. yeah. Weird, weirdly, weird, it was the Earth one. So I think it was with Turn. No, what was it? Yeah, I had Earth to buy story. it for something that we the talked awakening. about. It was the Awakening we did. You know, the there you game. go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the one in uh, Amsterdam. Yes. Yeah, and that came with it, didn't it? Uh, was that, it? That's that Ark of Infinity. No. no, it's the one where they go. The, the Civil War reenactment. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, the one with um, Arthur off of On the Buses. That's it, yeah. T- very tenuous, uh, very tenuous Lincoln. It is, it is. And yeah, I, I just had it there, and then one day it's like, well, I've never yeah. I, I've never watched it, let's watch it. And, uh, well, to find yeah, out what I thought of it. What what, think, yeah, yeah, yeah c- come back in a week. Excellent. All right, we'll thank do. you, Ian. Thanks for... Uh, in, in, enduring all my waffling. I mean, this has been um, a long one, isn't it? It was enjoyable, though. I yes. Think, I think these these extra long episodes wouldn't work for every adversary, but for like the, the classic. The specials, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's worth devoting some time. Yeah, to. and when we get round to doing doing the seventies Cybermen, it's going to yes. be considerably shorter. Much shorter. This yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. One story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Ian, and I'll okay. see you next week. Let's go to nice bed. Time. So to speak. Bye bye. Bye.